mine and theirs Whereas a movie genre sometimes You can be a loser for a real long time But when you finally win, hey, we all win And also heaps of misogyny wins My name is Roy, and I might just be a little sure-shot polecat But I am learning to love talkies and singies Huh Hi, I'm John, and if you think I'm going to follow Roy's inevitable singing introduction <laughs> with one of my own, then you got another thing coming. <laughs> uh, hi, I'm Andy, and I can't stand them. <laughs> Man, by the way, obviously, okay, so, so we watch 50s musicals, and Andy, welcome. You're here because our friend Ross just can't make it he just keeps not being able to make it ross we're sorry you're here and i'm especially sorry that you're not here i'm sorry that you're not here because uh you put us through a horrific trio of films and uh i felt like the least we could do is make you watch any get your gun um and so whatever you you ducked it he ducked it by going to one of those like industrial bondage clubs i think he's like <laughs> some appointment he couldn't get out of apparently uh, like yeah. no don't you want to watch musicals with us you need it <laughs> anyway so here we are 50s musicals john this category was first put out for voting probably like 15 years ago or something it yeah. has lost well, it, was, so... it was our first year of the podcast for sure yeah i think so wow. many times this one has lost and yeah. it finally won and here we are, and we are watching Annie Get Your Gun, which was my pick. And it was so good for 98% of the film. And then uh, we watched Singing in the Rain, which I had not seen since high school. And that movie is pretty darn good. And then, of course, uh, Seven Brides or Seven Brothers. Is it good? It's a rollicking good time, as long as you don't mind a little kidnapping. And no doesn't really mean no messaging. So, <laughs> that, that's it. it it's that's kind it. of funny. Like... Uh, you know, we, we, we like to talk problematic things, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would say the events of Seven Brides for Seven Brothers are, uh, I mean, they're worth, like, at least jail time, if not, <laughs> you know, executions. But for some reason, uh, it, it seems it's, it's far less offensive than one of the other movies. But I, I don't know. know. Oh, my gosh. It, well, one of the other movies. Annie, get your gun. Okay, at the end of the movie, <laughs> I, like, I was punching things and I was screaming and I just couldn't believe it. I and I I read your little notations of it, and uh, you know I don't know I I I mean I might defend it just a little bit, but um, I mean in in my home there was it was also greatly great offense taken. <laughs> I mean I don't know I might supply you know just a little bit of a defense you know for just. I mean, male insecurity, you know? Sure. Like, that's I really what it is. But so what I kept thinking the entire time with Annie Get Your Gun is like, the entire plot is he's finally going to figure out that he's being a jerk and that he just needs to appreciate her. And John, you're going to sum it up. Is that well, how the know. movie ends? That is not how the movie ends. <laughs> it, it, well, it kind it, it is a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you kind of wonder, it? you know, there, there is a villainous aspect. There's a plot point where we don't really get... I mean, he doesn't get to rise above anything because of a plot point that happens. And so he just kind of pockets it, right? Yeah, his his attitude is worse than having to watch the Native American song, I'm an Injun 2, <laughs> which is pretty bad. <laughs> We're already talking about this movie. I, guess I know. John, take it away, buddy. <laughs> okay, let's, let's, just, let's just talk about Annie Get Your Gun. It's, it's just, I, I, okay, to sum up, um, 
Annie exists and she was obviously raised by wolves. She's feral. <laughs> she's in town. She's biting people, but mostly she's shooting people. Not Well, she's not shooting people. She's shooting everything but people, which is fortunate. Uh, this could have been a real quick movie if, you know, she shot the bird off that woman's head and she, you know, and she shot right through the woman's hat because it was a bird on a hat. It could have just released, it could have just scalped that woman, right? Yeah. Anyway, so uh, she is a crazy feral woman, like a, <laughs> like Nell. Yeah, she's like she's like a jungle cat lady person, <laughs> and uh, and so she goes into town and uh, somehow she impresses upon some people. I think you know possibly because you know everyone sees her shooting everything. Like, yeah. hey, you're pretty good with that, you know. Uh, hey, uh, one guy says, hey, I'm going to give you five bucks to beat this um, Frank Butler guy yeah. in in a gun thing, and she's like, okay. And so, uh, yeah, she beats Frank Butler, but oh boy, does he beat her with his appearance to her eyes. Mm. I don't know if that phrase tracked at all. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Annie is like, I guess Frank she's is over the, the moon. Yeah, She's over the moon. Frank is the, <laughs> it's, it's the first man she's ever seen with her feral eyes. In all fairness, he's a serious hunk. <laughs> he's not bad. And he's also... Not bad. In all fairness, I mean, uh, the actor... Could you tell me the actor's name again? Because he's important. Howard Keel. Howard Keel. We'll uh, talk about him again later. We will talk about him again. He is duplicitly attractive because uh, he's a different person, but he's also attractive when we talk about him again. Yeah. Like, he's a different guy. Like, I can't Slightly. be the same person. <laughs> I mean, is it just, I don't know. I guess he's a ginger when we see him again. And yeah. that goes a long way. And like the mustache. I thought Howard Keel was a ginger until Annie gets your gun. Right, right. What do I know? Uh, the thing is, she beats him at guns because she is gun, gun, gun yeah. person, gun. And uh, she, uh, and so she joins his troop, which is Buffalo Bill's little troop. And this is like the actual Buffalo Bill, real historical figure, I think, right? Is Buffalo Bill real? I think so. Andy, I'm so glad we have yeah. you on here. Who's the manager of Buffalo Bill's outfit? Good question. I have no idea. It's Keenan Wynn. Um, Keenan Wynn. Oh, 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 okay. I thought you meant like in real life. But yes, oh. it's Keenan Wynn yeah. in the movie. Yes. Yeah. He's one of my favorite utility actors, yes. Yeah. One of, one of, you know, and, and we know him from other things we'll get to later, I'm sure. But uh, I grew up with Keenan Wynn as the uh, neighborhood bad guy in what I thought was every Disney movie, but I think he was only in like three Disney movies. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Herbies, he's, right? he, he's in the yeah. Herbies and he's in the absent-minded professor universes right. playing the same rotten businessman. Right. Alonzo Hawk, which yes. says there is a shared Disney live action universe, which is like weird. And <laughs> the subtext for all of those movies are like, Hey, these billionaires are bad news. Yes. Which is <laughs> really funny. It's well, these like, billionaire, I, yeah. I kind of wish Keenan Wynn was in a lot more. Like yeah. he was just always the bad guy. He was always just like he was just the musk of the 20th century. <laughs> right. Um, okay, but the thing is, Annie is now part of the troop. Buffalo Bill, she's with Frank, and uh, she's able to show him up a lot. They start to like each other. They start to like each other a whole lot. 
Um, and, you know, Frank is pretty cool at the beginning, but it gets really under his skin that the whole, like, his whole definition of himself is being the trick shot. And to have someone come along and uh, out-trick him in the shot, it uh, turns him into a rotten person. It does. Uh, so he kind of quits the outfit in a huff. He can't get over, you know, that... Uh, I mean, love is one thing, but this shooting guns, it's another thing. This movie's love about guns. love and pride. Yeah. Remember that, that wonderful song? By, by uh, King? By King, yeah. That's what my heart yearns for now. Love, love and, and pride. pride. Uh, hey, yeah. It's a musical episode. It Yay. is a musical. Yeah, I guess I should have figured, you know, there's going to be a lot of singing in the future. We'll, <laughs> we'll sing whenever we can. Okay, the troop goes to Europe without Frank. They bring along... A lot of Native Americans, but I guess the Native American uh, French eclair budget exceeds <laughs> uh, the profit. And so then they have to come home. And she's like, do you think Frank still loves me? I don't know, you know. Uh, but when they meet each other, they embrace and they confess their love for each other. And you think it's going to end right there. But maybe the best part of the movie, right before the worst part of the movie, is when their egos come out. And the famous song, Anything You Can Do, I Can Do Better. Yeah. I thought Mia Hamm wrote that, but... They have it out. Yeah, they have it out. Well, well, he offers his shooting medals to her. He's like, hey, I earned these three medals. And she's like, pin them on. And she shows her 50 medals. And they're not all the ones that she owns, just the ones that she can wear. Right, right, right. And so, yeah, that sets him off again. Um, At one point... You know, because, you know, this, this schism is happening, that she can shoot better than he does, it, it distresses her so much that at one point she says something very un-American, which is, I wish I'd never seen a gun. <laughs> which is just, Whoa. I mean, can you even imagine? Can you even imagine the kind of attitude you'd have to have to say something as blasphemous as that? It's pretty uh, bad. But uh, Chief Sitting Bull recommends that she uh, maybe dial down her talents a little bit, make herself look not so cool, make herself less useful in the shooting stuff area, uh, so that when they have another shoot-off, if you will, uh, he's able to uh, shoot her dead <laughs> because she's <laughs> missing. No, that's not what happens. They're shooting uh, you know, clay pigeons and stuff, and she misses on purpose, and, you know, to kind of prove to him that she's more into love than shooting. And and so I think that kind of evens him up. He he says at the end, he has some kind of line at the end, you know, it's like, you don't have to do that or something. I can't remember what it uh, is. It's I don't not... think he says that. I think he says, good thing I'm a better shot than you. Now I can love you again. <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's what it is. Uh, maybe okay. I was. I think I was screaming so loud I didn't hear whatever dumb idiot thing he had to say. It's it's just it's just he had an out. Like since she sure. did that, like he his he off didn't, ramp. He didn't. Yeah, he had an off ramp. He didn't have to prove that such you know petty things don't matter. He didn't have to prove that it's okay that she's better at something than he is. Um, he could just say it. I got the sense that he said it, but he didn't prove it, right? And so I think that's the the bad taste of of Annie Get Your Gun. You um, know what, Frank Butler? I don't. He doesn't need to shoot better because, can we be honest? He sings significantly better than she does. Okay, that's, that's my opinion. He's that's got probably a, something he should have brought up in the song. He should have brought it up. Yeah, 
he should have brought it up sing, i can song. sing better yeah 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 you know he does i mean that's a matter of opinion of course i'm not really a fan of that style of singing where he's like <laughs> she holds that note like way longer than him when she's yeah. like i can hit that note better than you or whatever oh that's true that's yeah that's true. that but was that was trickery it's though right scripted. wasn't it trickery because that was a crazy note I think. Yeah. Well, I mean that well, I mean, but it's in universe, right? So Yeah. Famously, this role was supposed to be Judy Garland, who has just one of the greatest voices of all time. Have you seen any of the clips that Richard sent? Uh yeah, actually. Um they were on the DVD. I watched them there. I I think they made a good choice. Uh, her acting is I don't know. The best way for me to describe it is she knows she's being filmed in a musical. <laughs> Maybe. I think there's something about i mean she's in a wizard she's in wizard of oz and everything but there's also just something just a little too east coast about her you know maybe you know new england elite just new york kind of just yeah that kind of vibe uh i I, she's from california i I mean is she from california (laughs) Well, I, I mean, I, I think she well, grew but up back in then. Iowa. That was the Wild West. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it should. Well, I mean, she should have. I don't know. She should have been more east then. She should have been from Colorado to really make yeah. it work. Uh, okay. One but, thing I want I want to talk about with Annie. Get your gun. By the way, as we've discussed it, Andy, do you remember much of it? No. And uh, since since I was a late addition here, I haven't seen two of these movies in like. 30 years. Yeah. So I, I had never seen Anna get your gun until like a week ago. Oh, I'd never seen it either. I yeah. was so excited to watch it. This was my pick. And I, like, I, I really, I really enjoyed most of it. I thought the music was pretty good. And I heck her, uh, like her shooting exhibition when she's standing on the horse. I, I don't understand how that's done. I don't know how you can stand steady on a horse that's galloping in circles, but whatever. Um, I, I do want to talk about, so were our parents in the fifties or our grandparents, were they just stupid or were they like, let's pretend that no sexual innuendos are happening because this, this movie's kind of full of them. Yeah. Uh, I think she refers to merging. She's excited for <laughs> some hot merging action. Yeah. A uh, real hot merging action. <laughs> and then I, in one of her very first songs, she sings about uh, what comes naturally. And yes. you think it's innocent until she delivers lines in her sexy body voice, right? Uh huh. Uh huh. Like what comes naturally, and you're like, okay, all right, sister. <laughs> well, and the and not to skip too far ahead, but the same in Seven Brides when oh. when they're singing about getting your wife, and they're talking about sparking and petting and <laughs> and throbbing sofa, sofa setting. Throbbing. <laughs> There's some throbbing. (laughs) Wow. Well, I mean, I think that's the whole thing is like under, like under the the code and like what you could get away with and what you couldn't. I think they were like lenient on some of this innuendo stuff as long as it's not like too explicit. But John, you love watching the special features. So did you see the Julie Newmar? uh, interview about Seven Brides? Oh, no, that wasn't on the special features. Oh, okay. Well, so she gives an interview on the DVD that I own, and she's like, this movie is 100% about sex. It's a really sex film, right? And, <laughs> and I mean, she has her scene where she's like laying on the bed. We're we're going to talk about this movie. Well, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's another movie. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I want to say, you know, as far as innuendo goes, is there anything, you know, as far as code goes, do they say anything about innuendos? Because isn't that why we made innuendos, of the, you know, mid-century? Like, you can say whatever you want. <laughs> right. it, like, if the kid doesn't know, like, yeah. if the kid hasn't been taught, like, the kid yeah. watching Annie Get Your Gun hasn't been taught, hasn't been given the talk, and they're not saying, so this is what I do to make a baby. But they say throbbing, and this all... St- and 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 merging and everything like if you don't know then you can say whatever innuendo you want do you remember when uh annie is singing her song and she says that she can't wait to crash into you (laughs) i mean uh, but i think that's also just like uh, a societal thing that whatever it is that you make taboo and try to censor People will find a way to oh, yeah. stick it in there. You can't uh, keep me uh, from reading the Song of Solomon. <laughs> yeah, I know <laughs> exactly. It's like there's there uh, people are always going to fit that stuff in there because like sex exists yeah. and violence exists, and so you put up whatever restrictions you want. But um, I, I think in whether it's film or theater or whatever media we're talking about, people yeah. are going to find a way to uh, get it in there. So let's maybe let's mention really quickly one of the other grave sins of this film. And it's 1950, like 1950 is the year of this film. So I didn't expect any better, but the Indians in this film, the Native Americans in this film, mm-hmm. the actors' names are all like O'Reilly. I, I, from what I could tell, they were every single Native American was played by Mel Brooks. <laughs> no, but the guy who plays Sitting Bull, he's like this Irish guy, right? right. And it's just it's really bad. <laughs> well, speaking of speaking of Sitting Bull, at one point uh, Sitting Bull says, you know, the land, you know, it's too bad for my land. Nothing will grow on there because there's too much oil. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Aside, I'm I'm wondering if has anybody seen Killers of Flower Moon because I think Yes. That's what that is about, I assume, oh. right, Andy? Uh, yes, it is about um, – although at, at that point, the Osage are, like, making a lot of money off of uh, selling that oil. Right. But, yeah, that's kind of the – but, yes, that's the subtext to that movie. Because I, I did think it was a pretty funny line that the chief was kind of bemoaning that there's too much oil on his land. Yeah. I, I think, I think the chief is still profit. I think he's smart enough to profit off the oil, but he's just kind of like, well, is he being coy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Like, he's <laughs> you know like, happens, you know, I'll, I'll take the money from the oil, but you know, it would be nice to, you know, mm. you know, be able to plant stuff. <laughs> the problem though, is if you're native American and your land is on oil, eventually, uh, a construction company or development company is going to come and kick all the kids out of the summer camp. And uh, Ernest is the only person standing oh, in your way. Right. I thought you were going to say eventually someone's going to develop slant drilling company. <laughs> the slant <laughs> drilling company. Okay. Here's a question I have. Is Frank Butler a real person? Uh, I, no I Oh, I don't, I don't have an answer for that. Uh, Frank Butler, yes, an American marksman, real person. Okay, so if if you want to ask yourself who was better, Annie Oakley or Frank Butler, has anyone ever heard of Frank Butler, aside from the person with this Wikipedia entry? <laughs> uh, no, of course I haven't heard of Frank Butler. 
but also like Annie Oakley is one of those people I I'm not I'm never sure if she's real or doesn't exist or not. I mean th- th- this musical I think is mostly a true story. She's absolutely real and she was a part of this uh this Buffalo Bill Wild West thing. I don't I mean I think the whole romance is whatever for the musical but and she really was adopted into the Sioux tribe and she really did tour Europe with Sitting Bull. Okay. Uh she was brunette however. Oh. All right. So, next, I mean, next thing you're going to tell me, she she didn't sing any songs. Oh, I, I ruined one of my <laughs> one of my awards already. Anyway, what can you oh. do? Yeah, we can oh, well. Yeah, no, I was shocked. You can look. You can find pictures of Annie Oakley, and uh, and uh, you know she's pretty good. She uh, it is a true story that she shot a bird on a woman's hat. I don't know if that's true, but I'm I'm hoping it is. There is a weird scene where she shoots a bird in the air and she's shooting away from herself and then the bird falls towards her and lands right in front of her. I guess if the bird is flying in her direction, I guess. I, I think she did like a Robin Hood thing where she shot the bird and the bird spun around because she shot the edge of the bird. Yeah. And it spun and then stopped spinning and then launched back. Well, I don't know how that would work either. <laughs> but that was uh, a very hilarious part. Like, I don't know. Yeah. She she did like a, a thing where she curved the bullet and it made the bird spin <laughs> back toward her. <laughs> oh man! And it get your gun. Well, I'm glad we watched it. Uh, my favorite. This isn't really innuendo so much, but my favorite thing that you were kind of talking about is when in anything you can do, I can do better. When he says, "I can knit a sweater," and then she says, "I can fill it better." Oh, yeah. <laughs> Unless he was talking about sweater loincloth, I guess. So Yeah. Oh, well. Probably not. Yeah, probably know. not. Yeah. No, I don't want to say too much else. Like, uh, there there was a um, – uh, could you sing – do you remember the songs, though? Can you sing Folks Are Dumb? Is that one of the songs that I wrote down? Oh. Uh, remember that I one? I just closed the I- IMD page. page. I only remember uh, anything you can do, and um, there's no business like show business. No business like show business. Okay, acting acting naturally or whatever. The one I don't know if this is even the name of the song, but it's when she is like in town and she brings all her weird kids along, who are like, are they her kids? Are they her brothers? Are they both? You know, I don't know. Um, Tumbleweed urchins. Yeah, yeah, and she says, uh, "Folks are dumb." Something, something, something. But it sounds just like Cletus the Slackjawed Yokel theme song. So I'm wondering if they took it from that or not. Oh, maybe. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> okay. Uh, my question. Uh-huh. This is an Irving Berlin musical. Yes. But the opening credits say based on Rodgers and Hammerstein. Really? Yeah. So it, are there com- a completely new set of songs? Like, or not new. This, this is the new set of songs for Annie Get Your Gun. But is, is the Rodgers and Hammerstein one? Is it just like a completely different musical if Irving Berlin like created new songs from a musical, a, a, an existing musical? I don't know. That's weird. Annie Get Your Gun is a musical with lyrics and music by Irving Berlin and a book by Dorothy Fields and Herbert Fields. So that's in Wikipedia, but where's the connection to uh, Rogers? That's what it said in the opening credits. Okay, let's see. Dorothy Fields had the idea for a musical about Annie Oakley to star her friend Ethel Merman. Ooh, Ethel Merman. That would have been Ethel something. Merman. 
So Fields approached a produce the production team of Rodgers and Hammerstein, and after Oklahoma, they decided to become producers of their own and uh, of their own and other authors' works, and they agreed to produce it. But I don't. I guess they produced it, but they didn't do the music. That's weird. They produced it, but Irving Berlin wrote the music. Okay. Okay. That's. I guess that's why I was confused. Well, why yeah, would they there's just no business. It? Yeah, they almost nixed. There's no business like show business. Rogers and Hammerstein, or Mr. Rogers specifically, did not like that song. Wow! Oh come oh, on! Okay. Oh come on! That's like it's like the second best song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'll one of only two you've ever heard of. If weirdly, not, like... yeah, yeah, no, yeah. weirdly that. So, okay. All right. Well, Andy, do you have any more statements or questions about a movie that you saw 30 years ago? Uh. Well, okay. Let me let me amend that. I think I actually saw it twenty years ago, okay. and the reason I watched it <laughs> was because in Arrested Development, uh, Tobias goes to audition for something <laughs> and says, "And I'll be singing something from Annie Get Your Gun." And I'm like, you know, I've never seen Annie Get Your Gun, <laughs> and so I went and I watched it. I so remember that. Whenever part. that episode of yeah, whenever that Tobias episode sing? of Arrested Development. Mm. Oh, what did he sing? I don't even remember. It astonishes it, me that that movie was tw- that TV show was twenty years ago. No, that's crazy that it was twenty years ago. But I do remember him like bouncing his knee up really high before the. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, <laughs> before he started yeah. singing. All right. Well, Andy, you sir are in charge of the big one, uh, singing in the rain. Uh, yes, and it was you're a bad bad man. Oh what, yeah, that's what he's saying. There we go. Uh, Singing in the Rain, considered by many one of the greatest films of all time, on all sorts of top ten, top twenty lists of American films. Uh, you got two movie stars, Don Lockwood and Lena Lamont, and they are just the the cat's meow, the talk of the town. And the studio has told everyone that Don and Lena are dating, but they're really not, and they kind of hate each other. <laughs> well, uh, well, I'd say he hates her, and yeah. but she seems to like him. I like she thinks they're engaged, right? And he says, "Have you been reading?" Oh yeah, the, I guess uh, that's true. You've been reading yeah. the gossip column again and believing it. Yeah, so yeah, right. Yeah, okay, but he 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 can't stand her, um, but. Um, and so, uh, Don is talking about how he rose to stardom and how he came up through the vaudeville, vaudeville circuit with his friend Cosmo. Then he leaves the movie premiere that, that he's at and who's in his car. Uh, but Kathy Selden, who is a theater actress and she's like, uh, I don't know so much about movies. You're kind of, that's, that's kind of, eh, I don't, I don't think you're that great. And, um, she, it turns out she faced Facebook stalked him or something. <laughs> uh, totally like yeah. that. Yeah, that totally yeah. happened. Uh, but guess what's happening? Talking pictures are on the move. And, uh, even though the head of the studio is saying like, Hey, this is the next best big thing. Um, everybody's like, eh, whatever. Uh, out comes a giant cake, 
uh, to celebrate the premiere of the movie. And who pops out of the cake but Kathy? Um, and she's a chorus girl. And he, Don like starts teasing her because, like, oh, she's just a chorus girl. And she said she was some spectacular theater actress. So she throws a cake at him. And it hits Lena. Womp womp. Uh, It's actually pretty funny. Lena doesn't forget. Um, She's got a long memory when it comes to cake face. (laughs) She does not forget. She didn't. Yeah. Not happy about that. Um, But Don's kind of sweet on Kathy and keeps trying to find her. And Cosmo, um, Cosmo tries to cheer him up with one of the greatest musical numbers of all time on film. Make him laugh, Mm. uh, which even though it has nothing to do with the plot. Um, it's very obvious. They're like, we need to have uh, Donald O'Connor do some crazy stuff. Let's put it right here at the end of act one. Uh, I, I and- read that the make him laugh sequence um, was very difficult for Donald O'Connor. Cause he does the thing where he runs up the wall and does a flip. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, it's like, Oh wow. Yeah, he just did that. Uh, that they made him do that. And it was very strenuous for him because he was, not a two-pack-a-day, a four-pack-a-day, <laughs> real madman kind of, you know. Wow. Yeah, just uh, four packs a day, and he barely survived, but then they lost that footage, and then he had to do it again later. Wow. <laughs> I, yeah. Are you smoking four cigarettes at the same time? Right. <laughs> I kind of, rate? like, how many, I was trying to figure it out. Like, aren't there, like, 20 cigarettes in a pack? So, I don't know. I mean, how much time do you have? I mean, you're just awake longer that you can smoke 80 cigarettes in a day. <laughs> I mean, I would assume that much nicotine, you probably have a hard time going to bed. So you probably are like, <laughs> awake just, early. Your urine is black at that point. <laughs> oh, that just, oh, that just seems uh, terrible. Boy, wow. Oh, man. Um, but an amazing scene. She's considering he was doing that smoking 80 packs or 80 cigarettes. That's amazing um oh yeah so then kathy and don end up uh meeting up and um they start they start falling in love and guess what happens warner brothers has a huge hit with the jazz singer so now everything's got to be a talkie and don and lena are like oh but we're still doing this movie the dueling cavalier and um they're like, no, 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 we got to turn it into a talkie. So they they try to uh, film it with uh, capturing their voices. And Lena's voice is not great for uh, recording. She's got a really squeaky voice that doesn't work. Mutual, the- I'm sure. Like like that girl. <laughs> like that girl, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like like Betty Boop, if you've never heard. Yeah. Oh, although I think people have probably, hopefully, have seen this movie. If not, go, don't listen to us. Go watch this movie. It's, it's Steal great. a car. Yeah. She's, yes, steal a car, go watch this movie. <laughs> um, uh, so the studio gets them elocution lessons and uh, try to get them to to speak better for, uh, for that. Um, despite all of that, the premiere is still a major problem because the audio gets unsynced and it looks like Don and Lena's lines are flipped and, uh, 
they're doing this like yes 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 no 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 but the other one is saying it but also everybody laughs yeah. It, it would have been – it would not have been – like the the cinema score for it would not have been good even even without the desync. Uh, no, no, no. You know, yeah. be, just because – I mean it, it's like they didn't put any love into um, – you know, and, and they cut a lot of things. You know, because, you know, he said, you know, in the silent movies, this is what I say. Just I love you, I love you, I love you. Because it doesn't matter what he says. It's just – it's how he says it. But now it matters what he says. Yeah. Right. And and her voice is just so squeaky, and everybody laughs at it. Yeah. So they're like, "This is a disaster. We can't do this. We can't release it like this." And is it weird so, to you guys that she doesn't get it? That she doesn't understand how unappealing her voice is? I I get it because I always thought my voice was good until every two weeks when I edit this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> At what point do they do the singing in the rain number? It's about this yeah, point, right? It doesn't matter. So, so, so here's what happens, right? Because yeah. they figure they got to turn this into a musical, and they stay up. Debbie, Debbie, Debbie. I'm sorry, Debbie Gibson. Obviously, yeah, De- Debbie Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> so Kathy and I don't know the characters' names. Gene and uh, the other guy. They stay Cosmo. up all night trying to yeah. figure out how to save this. And the way to save it is to turn it into a musical. And the way to turn it into a musical is they're going to, they've decided here, hey, this is what we're going to sell to uh, What's-His-Head, to the to the producer. Right. Uh, Debbie Gibson's going to do the singing. And Lena just won't yeah. know. And then this isn't quite the singing in the rain number. This is where they do the good morning number. Good morning, yeah. yeah. right. And then singing and- in the rain, it's like... I, because I have this weird false memory of a big production singing in the rain number, but it's just him all by himself yeah. walking down a road at night doing singing in the mm-hmm. rain. Right. Yep. Yes. It's just Gene Kelly and that cop. Yeah. No <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> The cop right. who is very grumpy at him. Like, <laughs> how dare you splash in puddles, sir? <laughs> yeah. This is a public street. <laughs> Thank you. That I love that cop. He was my favorite. <laughs> I forgot about that him. Thank you for mentioning great. that guy. Yeah, he's he's wonderful. This road, um, normal walking, yeah. not dancing walking. <laughs> so uh, they do singing in the rain. They pitch uh, the idea of a musical. They do it. They go in and they re-record it. Uh, they create this new framing device around the beginning of of the movie, uh, which which they perform, and it's a lavish. Uh, musical dance number where they're singing "Gotta Dance" and just like dancing and having fun oh um, the broadway melody number right yeah it, that yeah, yeah, that yeah. is this is definitely the number that the simpsons thing where bart and what's his head get all high on squishy and then they <laughs> yes. have their like broadway uh freak out that's what this is from i think so uh, it's it's definitely something like that yeah. and they they add a a romantic ballad um to the uh, to the climax of the movie, and it's such a big hit, and everybody's cheering at the end of it. Is and they're like, "Hey, we want Lena to sing," because of course they put you know Lena up front, and it's uh, Kathy's voice that's that's dubbed underneath her. And um, they're like, "No, here's what we're gonna do. She's going to pretend to sing again." We're going to put her behind the curtain with a microphone and Kathy's going to sing and 
Lena's going to pretend that she's singing. And so Lena stands up there and pretends to sing Singing in the Rain. And in the middle of it, um, Cosmo and uh, Don raise the curtain to show everyone that actually it's been Kathy the whole time. And she tries to run out because she's so embarrassed. And Don's like, no, that's her. That's the real talent was, behind Lena Lockwood. My, my favorite part of the whole movie was when she's like, oh, no, she th- they're going to find out. And she runs into the audience and then Don goes, stop her. She's mine. <laughs> and the audience stops her and she can't get away. And then she has to be with Don. Oh, yeah, man. she's the real star. Um, and then they go on to make more movies, including. Specifically, a, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Singing in the rain movie. Singing in the rain. So <laughs> yeah. it should be mentioned that Lena learns that she's being dubbed over and she totally screws oh, right. uh Kathy, right? She says, okay, it's not that she's not allowed to sing for me anymore. She's going to sing for me for every movie for the rest of my life, and she never gets to have her own films. Otherwise, I'm going to tell everyone what you guys are doing here. But then yeah, they right. just kind of, they out themselves, right? You can't blackmail right. us if we if we, you know, admit the, the gig is up. Her, anyway, her right? talent isn't in speaking. It, her talent is in contracts. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. good. That's right. She's pretty good at the contract. I, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, like at the end of this movie, just to go back a little bit, um, so is it like a Twelve Monkeys situation where the movie folds back in on itself and Singing <laughs> in the Rain starts over again? Because uh, right. the opening credits yeah. is the three of them dancing to Singing in the Rain, right? Right. Yeah. Because it's like right. Singing in the Rain. The movie starts at the end of this movie. Yeah. yeah. Can we talk about the most important part of this film? When, when they first start doing one of the dancing singing numbers or he, he's like at some place and he loses his hat and then he finds it and his hat is on a leg and it's the most important leg in film history. And it's an I don't understand how that leg does the things that it does. But anyway, there you go. Well, is this during the weird – there's that weird psychedelic sequence. I think that's it, yeah. Yeah, where it, it, it's it, – that came out of – that was weird. Okay, actually, I'm gonna. I might get there. Okay, well, can we? Talk it was during about the Broadway melody number. The Broadway, yeah. there's a big long. It's like 15 minutes long Broadway melody. This is what we have in mind, and it was just like this weird experimental piece for the, you know, for the studio head or whatever. Um, I, I, I by the way, weird recurring character. Um, is, is this like a choreography from White Christmas? No, 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 no. The, okay. A weird kind of thematic thing of, okay. of these particular movies is uh, the Hollywood producer who looks out for the underdog woman, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, um, the, the producer and the creators and everybody is, like, out to set Debbie Reynolds free. Kind of like in Annie Get Your Gun, uh, you know, Buffalo Bill and that Charlie guy, Keenan Wynn, who gets yeah. punched for her. Because he's he's like Frank, you know. I care about this person. By the way, I I could not believe it. Going back to Annie, get your gun. I cannot believe it that Annie didn't wind up with Keenan Wynn. I thought that's where it was going <laughs> because he was the one who was always defending her and saying, yeah. "Hey, she's really good at this." And hey, you know, you need to cut her some slack. You need to provide for you know her wants and everything. And, uh, yeah, I thought they were setting up that it was like one of those switcheroo things where it's like, oh, the person I was supposed to be with was here all along, you know, someone who kind of has a respect for me and my craft and everything. But, um, yeah, but the, then there's the, the Hollywood, the Hollywood producer in this movie is, uh, 
I guess he's kind of ineffectual, but I was I was really amazed at how much he cares for the little people of his Hollywood mm. productions. Which is which is very biographical because back then, like the major studio producers, they really cared for the little people. Yeah, yeah. And, I guess uh, so. I guess I guess it's really... accurate for back then. Or not. <laughs> or not. No. Well, since we were talking they treated about... them like chattel. Yeah. yeah. Did you terrible. guys see the movie Judy? No. Uh, no. With, uh, with what's her head? Um, Renee Zellweger, right? Anyway, so yeah. one of the things that they talk about in the movie is uh, Mr. Mayer was awful towards Judy Garland. Like that, that studio just treated her like garbage. Okay. And basically they had her on amphetamines during the day and sleeping pills at night. And so by the age of like 11, she's hooked on two drugs, but then also like he sexually assaulted her multiple times. Oh. So uh, yeah, studio yeah. heads weren't real great back then. If you were an actor under contract, you were like property. Right. And, uh, yep. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And, and that's, I mean, the, I think the self-insertion that, uh, they're like, oh, we'll make the studio guy the nice guy. It's like, yeah, of course they're going to do that because they're doing their own PR. They want <laughs> this to all seem like this is uh, benevolent and, you know, everybody's having a great time. Because yeah. it, it, it's the movies. <laughs> this, this is the most the movies movie that has ever been. Yeah. Uh, it's, right. It, Hollywood's onanism and fascination with itself it's like every year every two years there's always something about how movies are spectacular and i I mean i guess i guess now the new one is um the the amc ad uh (laughs) we come to this place (laughs) you know uh yeah i i think babylon was trying to be that but um yeah i i you know what i liked babylon Muppet movie it was it was pretty good it it, it was if, if you ever see babylon if anybody ever sees babylon uh, this it did a great homage to singing in the rain i think it's an homage where but it took like two hours of the movie because <laughs> um, in in babylon it's about it's the same thing you know it's it's about like kind of the history of film and a big part of it is the transition to talkies and uh i'm just gonna say it because no one's ever gonna see babylon it, it did not get good buzz. Uh, yeah. In, in the in the silent feature, and Andy, you've seen it, right? I did not see Babylon. Oh, are you going to see it? I heard it was so bad. Oh, I I, I, I might it. go ahead and spoil okay, it. Okay, I'm going to spoil it. This oh. is this. I'll I'll just say my favorite part of the movie, and it, it takes a long okay. time to get to it. Like the the first half of the movie is during the silent film period, and there's a sequence kind of like in Singing in the Rain, where they go to this. It's actually an outdoor set where they're filming several cowboy movies and like adventure movies and like fantasy movies at the same time. Like all the cameras are pointing like into the distance and like on the horizon. And they're just filming these massive sequences of hundreds and hundreds of people on horses. And they're throwing spears at at each other. And they're just capturing these just great magical, massive things. And um, at the, at the end of the day, they find like a couple of people who've been speared and died. Like, (laughs) they're like, Oh boy, this is uh, yeah, this, this happened. Okay. Well, do we get the shots? Okay. You know? And so then when Margot Robbie transitions into the talkies and she was like a star of the silent film, but unlike, you know, uh, Lena, she's, you know, she's Margot Robbie. She's a star. She's, uh, she's pretty great. Mm -hmm. But there's a big long sequence where, 
they're trying it's like the opposite energy we're like okay the sound is rolling do you hear that hum and so they have to cut every five seconds they have to reset they have to re- do all this stuff and it just showed the tedium of moving into you know the, the uh Sorry. you know the the sound era and you know there's a guy who's running the um sound machine in like a little booth he's like you gotta get me out of there it's so hot like stay in there make sure you get the sound get get this and they do like a million takes and it's so excruciating but they finally nail it and at the end of that sequence um the guy who was complaining about being in the hot booth like has a heart attack and falls out and dies (laughs) (laughs) wow it's it's kind of like so i think you know one of the points of babylon is it's this magical thing but like no matter what form it takes there's like a human, a massive human casualty <laughs> to make sure it happens. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, so anyway, I think Babylon really uh, did an homage to Sing in the Rain, which is, which is fine. I wanted to see if you guys had seen it. I liked it. So uh, obviously, you have the same plot with the artist, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, and but the difference being that he doesn't have an annoying voice. America's just racist and can't handle someone with a Hispanic accent. I no. guess right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would say that um, without you know, I think we're rain, racist to people with uh, annoying voices. Do we ever think of that? That's probably true. Yeah, yeah. I I would <laughs> yeah. say without singing in the rain, maybe you don't get La La Land. And uh, I'm I'm kind of happy. My kids absolutely love La La Land. I I'm a La La Land fan for sure. Yeah, it's a but, cute film. Yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm like okay La La Land, but also I'm I was just so like on the Moonlight train yeah. that year. I was like. Yeah, I'm like no, not La La Land. Moonlight, Moonlight's the movie. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> Moonlight's an extraordinary and film. Everything worked yeah. out. I mean, I'm everything a, did work. Kind out. of, kind of. I mean, I'm, I'm still a little bit. I'm a little bit annoyed. But, you know, this is why we probably shouldn't have Oscars because I'm kind of annoyed because they're both so good, and I kind of hate that we have to compare the two together, and. I think the fact that La La Land was not like I wish not La La Land wasn't nominated. I, I wish it was just a movie that I liked because I yeah. think it kind of has this burden of being this movie that almost ridiculously took it away from what what it deserved, and I well, think that has a bad burden to it. Do you think the Academy should split the award like the Golden Globes does and do uh, dramatic, and then the other award being like a comedy slash musical? I think. Look, I love the Oscars, but I think um, George C. Scott had a good point when he refused to attend and said, Oscars, it's a detriment to the craft to like to actually judge, to, to give like best of awards to this kind of thing. Because yeah. that's just not how the it, – it's silly to think that this, this performance or this movie was – it becomes objectively better than all of these other ones when – they should all be judged just for themselves and not against anything else. And I think, you know, the Oscars contributes to that, even though I love the Oscars, I don't want them to go away, but you know, since I'll never make a movie in my life, I'll just, well, may as well keep them, you know, so I can (laughs) have that, that wonderful night where people get to give their acceptance speeches, which I do love. And we wouldn't have acceptance speeches without, you know, Oscars. So then, you know, I don't know. Yeah. And I do think it's a, it's a good way to like keep people, like who may not see everything to be like, here's nine movies to make sure that you saw this year. And, yeah, and actually you only, that, that yeah. is a thing for me, right? Because I don't get out to the theater nearly as often as I'd like, but when the, the nominees come up for best picture, I'm like, okay, I will make my very best effort to see all the best picture nominees. 
Yeah. And so, so that way I get yeah. to see, uh, what's her head? Norm. Is it, uh, was it, I want, why do I want to say Norma McDonald? That's not her name. I get to see that one lady in nomad land have diarrhea. Francis McDormand. Francis McDormand. Norma McDonald. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. That's, that's perfect. Uh, I, yeah. Norma McDonald did a weekend update for a little while. She was great. Yeah. She was great. Yeah. She was in, in dirty work. Uh, she had some great, uh, really, uh, she was on the Orville dry joke. She's yeah. in a blob in the Orville. She yeah. did that stand up. Yeah. One of my favorite, uh, jokes where, uh, you know, one of my favorite abbreviations is ID I, which stands for I. And of course D which stands for dentification. <laughs> okay. Norma McDonald, everybody. Norma McDonald. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hey. No, 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 no. I have a very important thing to say about Singing in the Rain. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry, but I want to talk about Singing in the Rain just a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. It's a great movie. It's really great. But kind of Hot like day. what I thought about, you know, La La Land – um, in in that situation, in that in that context, not at all exactly what I was talking about. Sorry, I don't know what I'm talking about. But there's this thing about singing in the rain that kind of makes me like it less. That as it's introduced, that's on everybody's top ten, and it's this magical, magical thing. And so there is a sense of, you know, I'm sorry to be petty, but there's a bit of overratedness to it that I just have to bring up, and I'll just leave it there. But here's the big problem I have with Singing in the Rain. And Andy, when you summed up and you said, where was the sequence where Singing in the Rain happened and you know you couldn't right. quite fit it in? That is emblematic of something that I've always had a problem with Singing in the Rain um, against other musicals. Is it's, I think it's really painfully obvious that, and this is true, that the story took pre-existing songs and crammed a story around those pre-existing songs. And the songs themselves are not organic to the story at all. Not nearly in the same way as they are for Annie, get your gun and seven brides for seven brothers. And uh, you know, when I saw the movie the first time I was kind of, it didn't fit quite together for me. And then later when I realized like, Oh yeah, singing in the rain wasn't written for singing in the rain. That was a popular song. Good morning. That wasn't written for the movie. That was just a popular song, you know. And Actually written uh, for uh, what? What was that? Uh, Judy Garland movie we watched? It, Babes in Arms. Babes in Arms. Yes, which you know we will you know get together. You know, and and so all of these sequences, you know. So when you know Cosmo just starts singing, you know, make him laugh. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like the music is progressing the story. It sounds like the story is just like, okay, we're going to stop, we're going to sing a song, and then we're going to go back to this great story. And both of them, side by side, I can't, they don't meld together as much as they should for a top 10 movie, if you know what I mean. Um, No, I agree. You know, it is is a great movie, but yeah. It's no cats. So uh, I will say what I, what I, I, I do. Remember. I do respect cats more for that reason. Although I've never seen cats. I don't know. You've never seen cats. I've always wanted to. Uh, you know what, John, you and I oh, next no, year, don't. early next year, we both have to watch three movies we've never seen before. So, Oh, I could pick cats. I, yeah. I might have cats on my short list. So. <laughs> okay. So here's, <laughs> here's the deal. So the last time I saw singing in the rain was probably an assignment from uh, Mr. Brower. Was that the right. drama? Yeah. Mr. Brower, yeah. And I remember at the time being like, singing in the rain, right? And so I hadn't seen it all the way since then. Wow. And I did really enjoy it. And I understand exactly what you're saying, but I will say that there was, there, like, there, 
are just some really magical moments in this movie. And especially one that I'm going to bring up later in awards that just like, I don't know, it just feels like what's happening shouldn't be able to be happening. And it's just effortless and beautiful. And I just, I don't know. anyway, we'll get there. Okay. Um, spoiler alert. I hated this movie. So um, <laughs> I'm but, really glad I got introduced to this movie before I had any conception yeah. of like the AFI 100 or anything like that, yeah. or had any of that like overratedness pinned on it. Cause I agree with you, John, about that. That I do, I mean, I, I've gone on rants about my favorite musicals. And while this is a great musical, it is not my favorite. Um, but just being presented with it as like a young teenager who was into theater and into movies and just kind of getting swept up into it, I'm like, this is really great. This is really something. Uh, but I also agree with you. It is more, it's a lot more like one of these jukebox musicals where yes. they're like, Hey, let's take 10 green day songs. And now we have the musical American idiot, right? Yeah. right. Like it, the plot is a wee bit thin or across that's the okay. universe. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, or across the universe. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like those in kind of a different way. And I think here's, here's the, here's the ironic part. I think, it's way better than those. It's way better than Mamma Mia. Oh yeah. You know, it's like, it's, it's way better than those. I think because it, it picked, it didn't try to make the musicals progress the story. Like I think the story singing in the rain is actually pretty fun and delightful, but it, you know, they, they made it in a way so that they, the music didn't have to get in the way for all those jukebox musicals. They seem kind of more crammed and, because they're trying to meld them so much. Like, but Sing in the Rain, it's, I don't think they're trying too hard to mix them together. And I think that kind of helps the movie in the end, especially, and I guess with the, with the songs they picked, like Singing in the Rain, Good Morning, Make Him Laugh, like none of those, none of those songs actually like references characters in the movie or references a plot or tries to make something happen. It's like, if you took out all the songs and just watched the plot of the movie, like you wouldn't actually miss anything that happens. Yeah. So, because I, I think this movie is in this weird spot in musicals, because we're doing 1950s musicals, but this is pretty early 1950s, where before, like, it was like re- musical reviews, right? Where like mm-hmm. the 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 plot didn't really matter. The point was the singing and the dancing, right? And I think this one has a, a more developed plot than some of those older films, but it still harkens back to that as it's trying to trying to harken back to that older age in Hollywood where, but the point of the film is the singing and the dancing. And especially because there's so much tap dancing in this movie <laughs> and, so and much. it just, and it just feels like, cause you get to seven brides or seven brothers and there's no tap dancing anymore. Right. I mean, there's some dancing or whatever, but I, but like the, all of seven brides or seven brothers is about the plot and every single song advances the plot. But this one is about, Hey, the plot's fine, but look at how beautiful they dance. And, uh, and, and and so I think it's just kind of in that weird spot where the musical kind of developed over the decades and this one is kind of still hanging behind. But I, I mean, I love it. It is, it is kind of fitting and I'll be, I'll be just a little bit of a, I'll be a little bit of a stinker here. It is a little bit fitting that they crammed songs into this classic movie, which is exactly what they do in the movie. They just crammed a, a gimmick into, right. the, into the original movie that they're trying, that they're like within the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
All right, folks, it's time to talk about kidnapping women. Okay. You ready for it? All right. Okay. Seven Brides to Seven Brothers. Andy, how long has it been since you've seen this? Uh, again, about 20 years. 20 years. Yeah. Okay. Been a while. Hopefully you can kind of remember some of the songs. So the point of this film is you have Frank Butler. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> his name is Adam Pontefee. Um, but this is Howard Keel once again with flaming red hair. And he has arrived in town and he's buying some goods that he's run low on. And he's also there for a wife. So he walks through the town looking for his wife and he finds, uh, what's the lady's name? The actress, it's Julie Powell, M- Jane Powell, mm-hmm. Jane Powell, who plays Millie. And he finds her and he's attracted to her because she's sassy, but also her stew doesn't need ketchup. No. Friend, it stands on its own, okay? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so he's All mighty right. impressed by her cooking and her sassy attitude. And by sassy attitude, what we mean is she fights back a little bit when she gets she slapped on the She pushes the guy over, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. the stew, let me talk about the stew. That stew looks good. It, it looked really good, and it also looked very literal when she says it stands on its own. Like, I think it stood up on the plate. It was like <laughs> this nice, thick goop that looked really amazing yeah (laughs) anyway he says hey i need a wife and she's like well this is sudden he's like well the problem is is i am not coming back down until after the winter and i need a wife now you're gonna make me wait and she's like okay uh yes i'll be your wife and everyone is aghast especially the preacher who's kind of been like her surrogate father but she's like, you always told me that a woman has no right to not be married. <laughs> and he's like, that's true. And so he marries them off and she's heading up to the mountain and she's so excited. And to be honest, I mean, th- this this movie, by the way, is beautiful. Like the scenery is just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be in Oregon. I don't know where they filmed it, but it's just really pretty. And she's got these dreams of living up in this cabin in the mountain. I'm not sure if it was mountain. outside ever. <laughs> Yeah, I bet this was all a sound stage. <laughs> okay. Well, the, the establishing shots or the B-roll or whatever. Uh, right. Oh, yeah. There, but I, I'm thinking I'm thinking when you say this film is beautiful, and I think, I'm sure there were some outside cinemascope. shots. Cinemascope. But, but there were some really, really great matte paintings that I really appreciated. Yes. So the color is gorgeous, mm-hmm. and it's super widescreen. Yeah. Um, and anyway, it's just fun. So she's singing about how she's so excited to be married. And, and her song is all about, I'm so happy that we'll be alone. And I no longer have to cook for a bunch of men at the end. And it's just going to be the two of us, definitely alone, no one else. And the whole time he's just like, yeah, 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 sure. 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 <laughs> and then they get up there to the cabin and they're greeted by, uh, which brother is it? It's not Gideon. Is it, it's a Benjamin. Is it Frank? Benjamin, must be Benjamin. And she says, uh, hello, uh, you must be one of his brothers. She's like, yep. And all the brothers come out and she's like, well, how nice. Do you boys live around here? And I think Benjamin's line is, not round here, here. <laughs> we sit around the house. We're so yeah. big. Yeah. <laughs> and so what she learns real fast is that her husband has bait and switched her like crazy. And she has been brought up to cook and clean. And for seven brothers, right? And so she makes them a meal. They act like a bunch of pigs, and she knocks the table over. They're pretty much like the Simpsons at mealtime. Yeah, basically. And then, so the night comes around, and she is upstairs because she won't talk to her husband because she's pretty steamed. 
And he's like, okay, boys, it's 8 p.m. That's way past your bedtime. Everyone go to bed. And they look at him. They're like, you should go to bed too, wink, wink. And so he goes up to his room and they all hang out outside the bedroom door to listen because they have no idea what doing it sounds like. But I guess they're they're yearning to find out. Um, she says, I'm not sleeping with you. This is kind of like um, the quiet man, right? Where she's like, we're married, but we're not doing it because uh, this is this sucks real bad. So he goes to sleep in the tree and then she says, well, I don't want to embarrass you, so come on in and let's get pregnant, which they do. He doesn't find out for a while, but uh, but they get super-duper pregnant. Uh, the next day, she starts to kind of clean house. She makes them wash and shave, which is too bad, all those beautiful red beards. But they all shave and they wash, and they have a respectable meal. And by the way, like the breakfast that she makes, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, it's it, Anyway, we'll, we'll come back to it. So... <laughs> She's, she wants to teach these boys how to court women and dance. And so, so they have this big, beautiful musical number about going courting. Uh, and I, but I think this happens after they go into town and they meet girls. And they're like, oh, wow, girls. We like girls. And I think one of them offers tobacco to one of the girls. And then the dandies in town, they get in a fight <laughs> with them. And I want to say, is it Frank that just beats up like four of them? Okay, uh, I'm glad you brought this up because I was trying to figure out a way to – because I wrote this in my notes and I was trying to figure out a way to bring it up in awards. I couldn't find it out. It's Benjamin who beats up like four of them because Benjamin's the big massive one. And in my notes I wrote, Benjamin is Frankenstein's monster. And then in parentheses (laughs) I wrote, Frankincense's monster? (laughs) Frankincense's monster. (laughs) Which I'm like, i got to figure out a way to implement that into the podcast. Well, you're welcome, everybody. You did it. You know, thank you. Yeah, thank you for the segue into that. Okay. So let's name the brothers because they're named alphabetically. So Adam is the one that married Millie. You've got Benjamin. You've got Caleb. Caleb? Yeah. Who's D? David? It's not David. There's not a... David would be the most obvious name. Is it it Daniel? Oh, crap. I can't remember. Daniel. It's Daniel. A, B, C, D, E. Uh, So who's Ephraim? Ephraim. You've got Ephraim. Ephraim. And then you've got Frank, Frank, which is short for Frankincense. Because there are no F names in the Bible, they say. And I meant to look this up. Are there really no F names in the Bible? I should look that up. I couldn't think of any. Yeah. I don't know. Is that a Bible name or is that a naval name? (laughs) That's a naval name, I think. (laughs) So anyway, they like the girls, and they but they got in a big fight, so that's no way to get a girl. And so she teaches them how to go courting, and they go to a barn raising, and they there's like a dance off, and I think at the end of the dance off, they have won these girls' hearts. Uh, The dandies don't stand a chance for how good the Ponape boys can dance, and then they raise the barn. And the the I, I'm just going to call them the dandies. The dandies are like throwing hammers at their heads, uh-huh. and I think they're trying to kill the Ponape brothers. And I think so uh, finally, one of them attacks Adam, and then they all uh, go in. And the barn that had been raised uh, comes crashing to the ground. And of course, Adam just has a big laugh. They get back up to the cabin, and they're really lonesome. And Adam's like, "Well, okay, the only way to fix this." is to get some wives. And so he tells them about the Sabine women, which it's Millie's fault because she's the one that read the book. And I think she reads the book to the girls later on, which I'm not sure I get that. Is it to make them feel better about being kidnapped? I guess so. Also, it's the only book she brought. 
<laughs> like I think she I think it was that book and the Bible are the only books the that only ones. are available. Yeah. <laughs> so Adam and the boys have this plan. They go into town and they kidnap all the girls and as they're being chased by the town posse, they let the girls scream at Avalanche Pass and Avalanche comes and collapses and so no one can get through and so these girls are stuck in the cabin for the winter. Of course, they don't want to have anything to do with the boys because, as it turns out, kidnapping someone isn't romantic. Um, Not at first, but it's a long game. It's a long game. Millie is ashamed of Adam, and Adam storms off, and he goes to the other cabin, the trapping cabin or something. (laughs) And uh, we don't see him until spring. We quickly learn that Millie is pregnant. That's pretty exciting. And so she does have six girls there to kind of help her out. The girls' names are not alphabetical uh, B through G, which was really disappointing to me. Uh, we do have Dorcas, so I mean, there's that Dorcas. Uh, she's the that's the most important one. Yeah, Julie man, Newmar. Julie Newmar. Uh, <laughs> so these these uh, the boys have to sleep in the barn through the whole winter because the girls get the boys' bedrooms, and slowly the girls start. Slowly the boys, the boys fall in love with the livestock. <laughs> okay, we're talking about sexual innuendos, right? And so this movie has a has a line about sleeping with livestock, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. I won't quote it here because we're coming back to it. So <laughs> good, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, anyway, the the girls kind of they thaw out towards the boys because, like I said, just because you didn't want to be kidnapped doesn't mean you didn't really want to be kidnapped. You probably did want to be kidnapped, right? And well, and that's like the whole subtext of the of the sobbing women song, yeah. right? It's like uh, they'll respect you once once they you know once you take them back. Yeah, so that, there, that's what Plutarch said. There's a lyric in that line about the muscles were throbbing, 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 and I'm like, what? What or what on earth, man? So anyway, I think Dorcas is the one that kind of kicks it off as they're kind of talking about the boys. And she says, I wonder which boy slept in this bed. And then she does this weird, this weird meow roll on her back and like flex her legs thing. And and it's just like, ooh. And so they, you know, the girls start to kind of come around and it's springtime. And with spring comes love and all the girls have fallen in love with the boys. Adam is brought back down. I think, is it Gideon? Right, the baby's born. Baby and I think Gideon. Th- well, no, the baby is going to be named like Hannah. I did think we mention H? Gideon when we listed all the names? I think we forgot him. Oh, yeah. no, we didn't. Yeah. Oh, I thought we did. No, we, anyway, we got through Frank, but we forgot Gideon. Gideon yeah. is the youngest, and the baby's been born, and he goes back up and he's like, hey, Adam, you got to come home because you got a baby. And Adam's like, that's a lie. She's just trying to trick me with her baby birthing tricks, <laughs> right? And Gideon's like, I wouldn't be any kind of man if I didn't tell you what I felt about you. And so he punches him in the face, and Adam sends him running off. Adam does come back down. He's kind of learned his lesson. He says, hey, uh, Millie, I've had time to think about it, and I do love you. And that's nice. That's very sweet. And also, I've realized that you're not supposed to kidnap women, uh, so we're going to take him back into town. Well, the townsfolk got there first, and the townsfolk is there trying to reclaim their women. The women don't want to go, so the brothers are wrestling the women back into captivity so they can return them to town. So they're kidnapping them back into town. Right. The, the townsfolk see sure. this, and it looks like everyone's just raping everyone. That's right, what it looks right. like. That, it, it doesn't look like they're doing the honorable thing, which is de-Stockholming them. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, they've got all the boys, and they're about to hang all the boys. The preacher says, hey, girls, 
I heard a baby cry. Now don't be afraid. Just tell us which one of you has the baby. And because all the girls just want to stay married to their captors, um, they all say, it's mine. And I guess the fathers all believe that. The fathers all believe I, that I, all six women gave birth to one baby. Yeah, it would have been. Also, it would have been like five months at the most since they were kidnapped, I think. Yeah. So we have a literal yeah. shotgun wedding right? with all the brothers and all the girls. And I don't know what to say. I, I mean, this is where it ends. All's well that ends well. And uh, everyone's happy. And uh, and there you go. So, you know, like I said, the movie is a uh, no doesn't really mean no. You just got to wait a while. But can I say, like, for how awful the message of this film is, I love the music in this movie so much. It's it's really hilarious. Like you finish watching Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, and it's like I'm going to give a pass to lots of things here. <laughs> I'm totally cool with yeah. it. And I don't know. It, it's I suppose there is an attitude about it because it it's straightforward with it. Um, yeah. It's not you know I think it's kind of obvious. It's not saying hey this is the right way to go uh, because. They kind of they come to a conclusion, but also I mean this is kind of I mean Roy this is the ultimate I mean they kind of cop out they're they're able to just wave their bad behavior away because yeah. of an instance that happens kind of like in Annie Get Your Gun but you know I I think I think because Seven Brides for Seven Brothers is so upfront with like okay can you get a load of this terrible behavior this is like R rated stuff here. This is, can you, there, there could be a really, really gritty reboot of Seven Brides and Seven Brothers. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, so, I guess, so, I and I, I guess, I'm, I'm not, not that you're right, I mean, you're right, but <laughs> I, the point, so we've progressed in the five years, when was this made? Four, okay, in the four years from Annie Get Your Gun, at least the men in this movie or like, uh, that was a big mistake. It actually wasn't the right thing to do. And I think at the time, when you're watching them seeing the Sobbing Women mm-hmm. movie, I think the audience is like, okay, uh, well, they've misinterpreted or whatever, and they're about to do something really stupid. Yeah. And in the end, they you know they cop up to, they fess up to it, and and they try to correct the wrong. But but you know, I, but like like you said, the, the the message that the audience gets in the end is like, okay, they did this horrible thing, but it worked out for them. It actually worked out. Right, right. Because because the girls did fall in love with him, right? Yeah, so like, yeah. It, it worked out. There's some, there's something a little bit in Annie Get Your Gun, it can easily be seen that the message is okay, you know what? Don't do your best. And that's the message. Um, don't do your best for the sake of love, because love is more important than certain things. And in Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, I think the message is it's the age old like um, boys and girls are different, uh, but the fun of Seven Brides for Seven Brothers is kind of seeing, you know, the edges sanded to, to the boys. And even though they do something wrong, you kind of know they're on the path to kind of be exactly what Millie is teaching them to be. Is it, It's Millie, right? Millie, right? Yeah, Millie. Yeah. So anyway, you know what? I... I have a lot of respect for Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. It, it's like one of those is like, I'm not going to watch Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, but it's like one of those that kind of the delightful injection is more than you would think. Yeah. So. It's also that like, it, it is kind of the safe version of this story too, that like, 
like, yes, this is deplorable. It's really, really bad. But no one is actually, like, assaulted or hurt, even though they were kidnapped. And so we're like, well, you know, <laughs> if, if we can just sort of, like, put that on the shelf and... <laughs> Uh, suspend our disbelief and like, okay, well, all's well, that's going to end well. And it's going to be okay because they fall in love at the end. I feel like, I don't know. That's very like, that's very 1950s. We're just going to like be okay with like some actual atrocities and bad behavior that, and like, we, we know like this is bad. It's even telegraphed. Like this is bad, but it's like, Oh, wink, wink. It's bad. Look at how naughty these boys are. Look at how uncouth they are. And these women are going to come in and tame them. It's probably not going to elicit a lot of copycat crimes. Hopefully not. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I may, I don't know. This doesn't make it right, but I kind of would have appreciated a little bit more like female on male assault in this movie. Right. I mean, that that's the thing. It's like, yeah, um, when she pushes over that guy in the street, that's great. Like, <laughs> I mean, I think that's the thing. If you want to get a husband, like, push over mouthy guys. Like, <laughs> you know, be like Millie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, the town, though, they are in dire straits because those were the only six marriage-age women in the whole town. Yes, and now they're all gone. They're all they're all gone. What a perfect little town for this this little for the this raiding party of Oregon Vikings. Yeah. So by the way, not in the same cabin, mind you, but I I would love to live in cabins with my brothers. I think that'd be awesome. But anyway. <laughs> not round here, here. Seven brides for seven Fillmores. Yeah. Yes. The the gritty twenty 23 remake now yeah all right you guys have any questions about that movie yes okay go ahead Uh, according to the opening credits now i i don't know if you guys are familiar you know if you watch opening credits it says color by fill in the blank you know yeah it's it's technicolor right it's it's like it's technical if it's not technicolor it's you know deluxe sometimes you see deluxe you know some so uh my question is uh who in the hell is Ansco? Because that's who did the color for <laughs> Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. It's Ansco, man. All right. I don't know. Did it cost whatever? They did a did, they did a good job. I love how vibrant this film. The is. The color is great. Apparently, it's the um, centenary budget of Ansco was doing this film because I never knew <laughs> of a color company called Ansco until I read the opening credits of Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Mm, they bankrupted themselves because they went all out. Yeah. I don't know. I did a quick search, and um, apparently they went out of business in 1977. But from January 1938 until 1977, Ansco was a company. Um, oh, also, before I forget, um, I did find a uh, – oh, gosh. And now I have a pop-up. a An ad, all biblical names that start with the letter F and their meaning. So I'm going to okay. read them all to you. Uh, Felix – so that's an F, Felix. Happy, Is that a n- New Testament, though? Because I, I feel like when people say Bible names, they almost always mean Old Testament names. Uh, well, frankincense is New Testament, so... Oh, that's true. They were, doing, they were doing some New Testament. Uh, Festus is Festive, Joyful. Um, and uh, Fortunatus, 
lucky, comma, fortunate. Those are the three <laughs> F Bible names, apparently. In oh, the Bible. Wow. Yeah, so not many. I, I think, yeah. It's fun, though, in the movie that his name is Frankincense. And I like he, that. That he, like, gets fisty with his brothers every time they tease him about it. <laughs> one one thing about this film is when it's springtime in the main cabin, but then in Adam's cabin, it's still, like, it's, like, Superman's uh, Fortress, Fortress of Solitude, Solitude winter. Yeah, I complained about that. It's two blocks away, and his place is still the Arctic. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it's like a mile away, right? Or yeah. something. It's like, because they, they had to trek up there. But is is it a difference of like, you know, 6,000 feet or whatever? I mean, how It's how just much, a mile straight up. <laughs> how much elevation could there be? Because they're already in the mountains, right? I thought yeah. Yeah. I thought the same thing. I thought the same thing. But uh, yeah, I, I don't. I was kind of told that it, there could easily be a ton of snow in Adam's cabin, but not a lot of snow at the other cabin. Is that what Katie said? I, I yes, I was told that. Yes. I guess she would know. <laughs> but no, it's. I guess it's possible. I mean, we have a. We have. I guess you know we live in Salt Lake. Well, when I say we, I mean myself. Mean? Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, Salt Lake has sure. snow, and the higher up in the and we're people consider us in the mountains but we're not the mountains are next door and then there's snow and there's not yeah i can actually see snow in the mountains i guess it makes sense whatever it is interesting those times when there is like a really visible snow line and it's like oh well yeah looks like the benches all got some snow yeah. but everything in the valley did not so mm. it could be like one of those situations all but right. yeah oh hmm. okay, okay folks see i guess that's yeah that's probably all i have and you got any last comments or questions before we hit up the awards no let's go for it okay all right first i would like to tell you that this podcast is brought to you by john oh yeah this podcast is brought to you by uh not our phone number we haven't gotten a new number yet everybody <laughs> thanks a lot well, uh -oh. Not that you guys are burning it up in the past. So Maybe we'll get a new there. number soon, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, so uh, go ahead and go to our blog, though. Uh, yours, mine, theirs, podcast.blogspot.com, where you have direct links to everything. Uh, go to the Facebook group, yours, mine, and theirs. Uh, give us an email, yours, mine, theirs, podcast at gmail.com. Uh, go on to Apple Podcasts, give us five stars. Uh, go on to Spotify, listen there. And uh, if you were a guest on the show, make sure you tell your friends to listen to Spotify so that you can win the prize at the end of the year for the most listens if you were uh, a guest on our show. And uh, make sure you – what's the big one I'm missing? I'm missing another big one. Is that it? Uh, your your merch. Oh, thank link. you. Thank you. Thank you. Buy your playing cards. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go to our merch store, which is zazzle.com slash store slash Rex Bassior, because I set up the merch store not in our name. So, uh, yeah, make sure you uh, check out our merch. And, uh, yeah, it's business is booming. I think I haven't logged in. So I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, zazzle.com slash store slash Rex Bassior. And that's Are it. Are we all done? Yeah. Wow. Okay, good deal. All right, folks, let's start doing some awards. Andy, what's your favorite title? Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. That's just fun. It's a great it's title, yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, John, what about you? By the way, Andy, since since we sprung this on you, I don't know if you have any awards, um, but uh, <laughs> if you want to pass I, I have I have some. Okay. Yeah, I might pass. All right, cool. Okay. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, my favorite title is uh, <laughs> Annie Get Your Gun, because it's uh, similar to Johnny Got His Gun, which was used in the Metallica video for one, a Dalton Trombo uh, directed movie. <laughs> but uh, anyways, a lot of violence in that title. All right. Yeah. So I'm with you, Andy. Okay. Uh, John, what's your favorite movie poster then? Okay. I thought I was going to pick Seeing and in the Rain, but I'm going to go with Seven Brides for Seven Brothers because, you know, you kind of got, you got Adam and Millie up front, but then you have like the rest of the brothers dancing, you know, with their uh, significant others. And they kind of look like, it almost looks like a kind of a, an old, like Grecian urn kind of like that's the Sabin women kind of thing. It's like a kind of a style that seems like old and relicky, you know? Yeah. So I, I like that. Andy, what about you? Yeah. I, for the same reason, I think I like Annie, get your gun. They're both very much of the same style where there's yeah. just like a lot of people on there and there's a lot going on. So it's like, th- this looks fun. Like, yeah, let's let's go check that movie out. <laughs> I'm with Andy. Uh, Andy, get your gun. It feels like it, 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 not like it's a formulaic poster, but it's in that style from back then. And I kind of love it. And Annie holding her gun up high. She looks just jubilant yep. before her soul gets crushed at the end of the film. I, are you two, like, edging me out of the podcast here? Why are you agreeing on everything? <laughs> no, no, no. John, it's been real. Boo! <laughs> Okay, I'll 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 side with John in the next one. Oh, okay, all right. right. Best tagline, Andy. I don't know if you have had a chance to look at the tagline. <laughs> let's hear at let's last hear you on the me. screen. So mine is also <laughs> at last on the screen. Uh, I can't believe you agreed with him, but that's also mine. At last on the screen. Okay. That's that's what I like. <laughs> well, John, let's hear your alternate tagline. All right, my alternate taglines. For uh, first, from Annie, get your gun. The gun will come out tomorrow. <laughs> Bet your bottom dollar there'll be a gun. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, my singing in the rain tag. Not just a talky, a singy. And not just a singy, a dancy. <laughs> okay. And my seven brides for seven brothers witnessed the debauched and harrowing conclusion of sin begun by David Fincher's seven. What's in the box, you say? Sexual abductions. Abductions, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. They crave. <laughs> that was pretty intense. Yeah. <laughs> wow. David Fincher. Andy, you got any uh, alternate taglines? The only one I have is for Singing in the Rain. The movies. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. All right, for Annie, get your gun. I've got and trade it for an apron. For singing in the rain, they're probably going to dance. Seven Brides of Seven Brothers, dancing leads to romancing and kidnapping. (laughs) Great. All right. Best opening credits, Andy. And babies. And babies. Uh, I'll pass on this one because I didn't have a chance to review the opening credits. Sure, John. Uh, From Annie, get your gun, there's a train inside the title card moving around. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Also on the DVD, um, Susan Lucci made a 10-minute intro um, talking about the movie. I'm like, why is Susan Lucci talking to me? But I count that. Okay. Well, I'm picking Singing in the Rain. The credits appear on their umbrellas, and it's pouring rain, and they all have their Morton Man outfits, and it's just fun. And it teases a number that never happened. So, (laughs) all right. Well, best titular line, John. What do you got? Um, okay. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't. I, I assume you have a clip of this, but I just picked Singing in the Rain because I wasn't sure yeah. if there's another one. Yeah, sure. Here's mine. All right. 
Just lovely, and that cop doesn't appreciate any of it. Yeah, yeah. What's up with them? Uh, you guys catch any other? Um, I mean, they said singing in the rain about twenty times in this film. I, I thought about making up a funny one, but I don't think there's an Annie Get Your Gun or a Seven Brides for Seven Brothers anywhere. And at the end, when Adam oh. says, "Well, it looks like we finally have seven brides for us, seven brothers." Uh, besides that, obviously. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, and I, I agree, um, singing in the rain, but I would like to note that I am agreeing with John, not with Roy. Thank you. Oh, okay. You're welcome. You're good. John, you're back in. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Favorite technology, Andy, if you have anything. Uh, the, the singy talky thingy that, uh, whatever, whatever makes, uh, Lena and Lockwood, like get all unsynced. That's that's fun. That's haywire. I like that. That's good. Uh, I went with the uh, the movie studio where they're walking past, and there's a there's a studio that like simulates a moving train. Oh. Uh, so like there's the backdrop that's moving while they're on the train and they're coming oh, yeah. in. Yeah. Okay. That's well, I'm gonna go with Bush microphone, which it's gonna be that awards that's coming back again here in the near future. So. Bush microphone. All right. Your favorite name, John. <laughs> favorite name. Oh, well, okay. There's only one answer for this. I've been waiting a long time. Uh, Dorcas Galen. Dorcas <laughs> Galen. I guess, you know, her name is Dorcas, which was a very rude insult at recess in elementary school. <laughs> That's true. All right. Andy, you have a favorite name. Uh, it is Dorcas Galen. I mean, not only that it's Julie Newmar, but that is just such a great name. Uh, well, I went with Frankincense Ponope, but uh, Dorcas <laughs> Galen's pretty good. All right. Any food that struck you, that got you hungry, Andy? I pass. I can't remember. Okay, John? Uh, well, my stew can stand on its own feet. Also, <laughs> 62,000 chocolate eclairs on the Europe trip. <laughs> <laughs> so I wow. went with a uh, breakfast at the Ponabee cabin. Uh, it was that was pretty pretty good stuff. All right, John, your favorite outfit? Um, outfit. Oh, it's definitely one in Singing in the Rain. One of the other Hollywood people, Olga Mara, has a sparkly black dress with the spiderweb cleavage. Yeah, the spiderweb dress. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my honorable mention. But I went with uh, Kathy Keldon Selden's cake. The cake oh, outfit. Oh, the cake. Yeah, yeah, she's there. I don't know if yeah, you had anything, Andy. I, yeah, I'll go with the spider web dress, too. I think that's that's a strong... It's pretty nice. I mean, yeah. It's yeah. pretty good. Did anyone from any of these films strike you as an alien, Andy? I, wait, 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 wait. Hang on, hang on. Just honorable mention to Frank's uh, cow print outfit. Okay. It looked kind of like yin and yang because it's cow print that like went reverse, oh. you know, in, inverted the color scheme. Yeah. I, I liked Millie's dress that had the big cross patch in the middle. That, that was fun, too. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, where were we? Favorite? A best alien. alien. Yeah. Um, I I went with Keenan Wynn just because because I always want to mention Keenan Wynn, <laughs> but also because he's in a movie with Shatner 
an Ernest Borgnine called The Devil's Reign that I'm going to have to check out. Um, it looks terrible. <laughs> but I and, and Tom Skerritt is also in it. And John Travolta. Holy cow. Well, uh, yes. So I've always uh, wanted. I've seen the end of Devil's Reign. Maybe yeah. that's the best part because it's really amazing. But I've, it's always a movie I wanted to see. Speaking of movies that look terrible, Andy, I am looking forward to discussing the Shaquille O'Neal uh, giant <laughs> hit Steel with you in a few days. <laughs> oh my goodness! Because that movie was so bad. <laughs> okay, all right. Where are we? Favorite? Uh, John, what about you for Alien? Oh, for Alien. Um. I, I wrote down Caleb. I think he's like, he's pretty much a dancing machine. If I, if that's the one <laughs> I'm thinking of, he's an alien who just came to earth to dance. I think. Is he the one that was allowed to keep his neatly trimmed chin beard? Yes. Everyone yes, else had I to think shave. I, okay. I wrote Van Dyke next to his name, question mark. Cause I think he's the one who got to keep the, the little chin thing, okay. but he only I, dances. I went with Annie Oakley's filthy brood. Of alien children. Oh, that's pretty good. Oh. The Terwilligers. The, not the Terwilligers. <laughs> the uh, the uh, Spuck, Spuck Myler. What's Cletus's last name? It's Cletus's family. It's like Spucklers. <laughs> Spucklers. <laughs> Spucklers. All right, John, favorite special effect? Okay. Uh, it's definitely in Seven Brides for Seven Brothers when there's the gorgeous background that they're walking through and they're talking all romantic. And then they walk to the side and the camera follows them and the entire mountain moves behind them because the mountain <laughs> is a backdrop. And <laughs> they take two steps and it's like a mile's worth of mountain just, just goes to the left behind them. <laughs> so that's not a goof. It's a wonderful special it's effect. It's a wonderful special effect. Yes. Okay. And you have a special effect. Uh, yeah, I just, especially for the time, all of that water on the singing in the rain set is oh, just, and the way they're able to deploy that. Cause uh, you may or may not know this, but in most movies, when there's rain, um, there's just a rain bar and it's just one flat thing that is just sprinkling water in one area. But no, they were soaking that entire set. You could see the, the water dripping in the puddles and Gene Kelly's dancing in the water spouts, and that's a that's a wet wet set. That is a that is a technical, um, you know, nightmare. Uh, that it, with all the electrical lights and camera equipment and whatever, that is a uh, that's really amazing. I saw a so, stage version hat, of hat tip to that. Seeing it in the rain one time, um, mm -hmm. and uh, it was. They did sing it in the rain right before intermission, and uh, when he sang, they they got like a like a big giant lawn sprinkler, like launched from backstage that would like, like rain specifically on him as he was singing while he was going around the stage. It was actually kind of cool. Uh, that's fun. Ah, that's cool. All right. So uh, for my special effect, I uh, for the honorable mention, I picked whoever the stunt woman was standing horseback on the horse that's pretty incredible that's great um but i went with avalanche which i don't i don't know is it a model do they just like film an avalanche and it's just on a screen behind them i don't know i still thought avalanche was cool what right it looked like it could have been they could have been using flour on a model yeah <laughs> maybe it, it looked okay yeah yeah all right favorite location andy uh i don't know 
I almost put Hollywood in the 20s, but John, what do you got? Well, I, I put, yeah, I put Hollywood in the 20s, the, specifically the movie studio. And I mentioned mm-hmm. it before where everything is happening all at once. Um, and, and producers look out for you. Yeah. And, yeah, and that's well, 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 yeah, well, but specifically where they're filming five different movies in the same, like, like on the same stage, five different movies, the cameras are just like lined up. And so like five different, as they're walking past all the movies as they're happening, uh, I, that was a, that seemed like a fun place. Okay. Well, I went with Oregon, the beautiful Oregon mountains. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 All right, because I feel like Hollywood the 20s would be lovely, but what if Lena Lamont screws you over and then you're stuck singing her lines for the rest of your life? Mm-hmm. That's no life. Anyway, John or Andy, let's start with you. Andy, what's your favorite song? Come back to me. Okay, here's John's. Show business? What's that? <laughs> what's show business? The cowboys, the wrestlers, the tumblers, the clowns, the roustabouts that move the show at dawn. The music, the spotlights, the people, the towns, your baggage with the labels pasted on. The sawdust and the horses and the smell. The towel you've taken from the last hotel. There's no business like show business like no business I know. Okay. Yay. So there we go. So that, of course, is from Singing in the Rain. <laughs> oh wait, wait, sorry. I'm just I'm just checking my Oh notes. nope, it's not nope. from the movie that is all about show business. It's about the other movie. It's but it's in the cowboy <laughs> movie. So anyway, uh fun fun little song. Well, here's mine. Okay. I feel this is my lucky day, March twenty third. Oh no, your lucky day is the twenty fourth. What do you mean the twenty fourth? It's one thirty already. It's morning. Yes. And what a lovely morning. Good morning. Good morning. We've talked the whole night through. Good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. Anyway, it's a delightful song. A cover. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> a cover. So I, I definitely never heard this song from Babes in Arms because I've never seen that before. So this is the only place I could have heard this song from. And But like... I mean, for my entire life, I probably seeing this on a very regular basis in the morning uh, when I'm trying to bug my kids and wake them up or whatever. Oh, I'm sure so it helps a lot. It helps. They love it. Like, I was sad that I was being woken up, but this song's so cheerful. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Let me help you make the pancakes, Dad. So. <laughs> also, really close on those dates. That almost was perfect for you, huh? Yeah. Hey, I, I also want to say... your birthday. Yeah. Uh, honorable mention to the song June Bride from uh, Seven Brides or Seven Brothers. I love that song. You're really it's into lovely. months this time. I'm super into months. All right, Andy, you got a favorite song? Yeah, um, after much consideration, Good Morning. It's that's, a great song. That's my favorite. Of course you think that. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> of course I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, Andy, who's your favorite guest star? Um. Keenan Wynn? Very good. That counts. That counts. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. I, I picked, I don't know if this counts because I can't remember which Batwoman, which Catwoman we saw. Wrong Catwoman. You're thinking of the one that was also in Star Trek. What was her name? Lee Merriweather. Lee Merriweather is the Catwoman you saw. So, so this so, does count. So yeah, Julie Newmar is my guest. Yeah. So my guest rhymes yeah. with Shmooly Shmoomar. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And it's also Julie Newmar. Uh, so nice. yeah. Yeah. 
Very good. All right, external recurring character, Jonathan. Okay, I have a few of these. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, so I'm going to do honorable mentions after you guys go. Um, But the one I'll pick for now is is when she goes, see that rooster? (laughs) You don't see that rooster no more, which was a recurring character from Young Guns when he's like, I see Charlie Crawford's with you. (laughs) Charlie Crawford's not with you anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's really good. Andy, you got anything? I do not. No worries. Okay, so I have some honorable mention. I have one honorable mention. So I'll do my award, which is Gene Kelly, obviously in Singing in the Rain, and John. Uh, Young Girls of Rochefort. The Young Girls of Rochefort. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, we we discussed that in my home. Yes. Okay, honorable mention. I've got Keenan Wynn, who, of course, is in Annie Get Your Gun, and is also in Dr. Strangelove. Strangelove and Colonel Bacuano. Bacuano. Yeah, two more. Two more Keenan Wynn movies we've seen. Oh, what? Three more. (laughs) (laughs) Well, out with it, John. All right. Uh, He was in Once Upon a Time in the West. Ooh, you're right. The Last Unicorn. What? Oh, right. And Who's seen The Last Unicorn? I didn't write it down, but I wrote down that he was in The Last Unicorn. Colonel something or like, yeah. Captain Cully? Captain Cully. There we go. Wow. And Goonies, which... This might be, oh, yeah. according to IMDb, he's uncredited as like, um, what's his name? Oswald Cobblepot. Chester, Chester Cobblepot. Cobblepot. Yeah. Chester oh, Cobblepot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Oswald Cobblepot is, is the, the penguin. penguin. Yeah. I knew I'd do that. I'm like, one of these is the penguin. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Chester Cobblepot, he's, I think it's just his photo that they find. Like his driver's license or something is Keenan Wynn. Mm, yeah. Okay. Fascinating. All right. You have any of those, John? Yeah, I do. Um, okay, Lewis Calhoun, um, who plays Buffalo Bill, he was in Notorious. Oh, wow. Oh. And um, also the song Good Morning, Good Morning is in Babes in Arms. Babes in Arms, yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right, internal recurring character, John. Okay, well, it's I, I only wrote down Howard Keel because this is a big one. It's Howard Keel who plays the two worst aspects of the two side movies not seen in the rain. <laughs> He's like kind of the, the, the frustrated, fragile male ego alpha jerk in yeah. two movies. It, it, even though I couldn't tell, like, he looks like a different person to me anyway, I guess it's the hair. Yeah, uh, I like I don't know. It was when I saw that it was Howard Keel and Annie Get Your Gun. I'm like, no, that's a that's a typo. That's a mistake. I, I just couldn't see it. But anyway, yeah, he's my pick too. But I've got an honorable mention for sexual innuendos. And so we already talked about doing what comes naturally in Mergen, and we talked about the muscles were throbbing. But in Singing in the Rain, Lena says, "I can't make love to a bush," <laughs> and I like, un, like I giggled when she said that, and. I don't know if they understood that in the fifties, but I mean, just I, me, just me, just mentioning that maybe almost pushes this into an explicit. Maybe we termed that term as a result of that line. Uh, maybe, man. Mm. When she said, "It's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> did she just say that?" <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, your favorite, uh, Andy? Did oh, wait, you have no, my my internal yeah. is. Uh, singing songs to solve problems. Ah, uh, very good, yeah. very good. Annie, do you have a favorite death? Did anybody die in these oh, movies? Yeah. I have a couple. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I don't. Yeah, I don't remember deaths, and it must not have been in Singing in the Rain. 
Well, I'll, I'll do my honorable mention, and okay. then I'll let I'll let John go in. Annie, get your gun when the her urchins, her brood, <laughs> decouples the train, and oh, the yeah. other car goes crashing to a fiery. You know, <laughs> yeah, the caboose oh, just oh, like explodes. Everyone on the caboose is dead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it, it's what? really sad because they were, they were setting a world record for most people in the caboose at the time. <laughs> they were crammed full of frat dudes. John, what do you got? What's your death? Okay, my death is also in Annie Get Your Gun in the big in Buffalo Bill's famous Wild West shootout show, and uh, they're doing all the thing. The reason they bring so many like Indians on the show is because Annie, during her show, she shoots twenty Indians riding around. (laughs) She's just riding around the horse, and then she just shoots Indians, and it's never mentioned. But they don't talk about how, hey, it's just a show, everybody. They they just leave the Indians where they fall and then move <laughs> on to the next town. That's pretty bad. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so my my real award for death is the death of the silent film era. Yeah, see? Aww. See, Andy? People died. <laughs> Lots of people died. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. My villain is Howard Keel. John, who's your villain? Oh, Howard Keel. That's pretty good because that covers two separate villains it covers frank yeah. from any get your gun and adam from uh yeah seven rights for seven rights. my villain and i have one honorable mention my villain is adam from seven rights for seven brothers uh oh i think frank's worse than adam but go but go ahead he is but the like it's kind of personal for me because adam is the ultimate 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 alpha male who yeah. who comes into town and and i Look, I'm going to be annoying about this, but, you know, this is just, you know, the way I grew up being like, you know, jealous of guys like this who just, who are just bros and who say things to to girls and then they just abide by it. And so Millie saying yes to Adam when everyone in town loved her and was in love with her and wanted to do all this stuff with her um, and live their lives with her. And, uh, and he just comes along and just kind of says, I'm an alpha male and I want you to be you know, my alpha male mate in the middle <laughs> of the wilderness and, and you know, how that, that won her over. But the worst thing is, I mean, he, it's just a guy who just got really lucky. He just happened to talk to, and it just miraculously worked. And so his whole worldview is that's the way it should be. You should just go around doing that. And that's what he, like the advice he gives to his brothers, like, okay, this is, this is what you have to do. This is the way you should live. You should live the way I live. And, you know, too many guys are like that, and I hate it. So yeah. that's the villain. Well, Andy, what about you? Yeah, good call. Um, yeah, um, Howard Keel is is definitely the villain. Yeah, so. But he's got a beautiful voice. Okay. All right. Now, surprisingly, though, honorable mention, because I definitely thought this was going to get the villain, it was definitely the cop from the Singing in the Rain sequence, who's like, <laughs> no playing in the rain. You can't yeah, do no, that in my beat, you know? No dancing in the rain no, here. Yeah, you, just get, you just keep on moving. You're not from around here, are you? Yeah. What guy. was he disapproving of? I don't know. <laughs> I don't That's know. The, <laughs> you can't touch that pole. It's raining. You put that water over there, over there, and now it's going to flow back to exactly where it was. Yeah. How dare you? All right. Okay. Uh, Hero time. Andy, who's your hero? I don't know. I guess Kathy, I think, is the hero. Oh, she She, saves the day. She She saves the day, and she's, you know, following her dreams and trying to stay true to herself. 
Oh, so. Very good. John, who's your hero? Uh, Cosmo, the friend Ooh. in Singing in the Rain, who I kind of... I, I don't know why it, it delights me so much, but I think one of the funniest moments of Singing in the Rain is when uh, you know, Cosmo is like, oh, now they're into talkies. They don't do... You know the the you know there goes my job as a live piano player, and then the head of the production company says, "No, no, we need you to be head of the music department now." So, like in the course of five seconds, he thought his life was over, and then he was promoted like vastly beyond what he was before in five seconds. I kind of <laughs> like that. That's good. My hero is Gideon, who stands up to Adam. That's good. Yeah, best movie goof. I already said it. Annie Oakley is not a blonde. And in this movie, they make a point of her being like the blondest blonde of all blondes. <laughs> but anyway, what do you what do you guys have? Andy, you got a movie goof? Uh, I mean, the desyncing track, but that's not okay. a real goof. So, yeah. John, what do you got? They really worked with that, right? That's, that's, oh, I love right. That's yeah. like, you know, I'm, really being quick on your feet movie to like the desyncing track, make it a plot point. Yeah. I loved the foley on the pearls when she was playing with the pearls, oh, yeah. and it was just like super loud. <laughs> All right, John, what about you? Okay. Movie goof. No, my movie goof is. Oh, I love this. I, I I wish I could do a video of this, but there's a, a sequence in Annie Get Your Gun where Annie sits down and she opens her mouth to sing and goes ooh, you know, like that, and then it cuts to another shot, and it's five seconds before she opens her mouth, and then she opens her mouth in the same way again to start singing. So they just like didn't have enough footage, you know. They couldn't cut it just quite right to get like both, both cuts in it, both takes, both angles. All right, John, what's your funniest moment from these films? Um, okay, the diagonal seagull we've talked a lot about, right? Okay, I, I didn't mention that, and so um, my my real answer is uh, when in Singing in the Rain, when the main guy, what, what's your next role? And it shows his next role, and he's just flying an airplane into a barn, like in Kingdom of the Spiders. <laughs> All right. Andy, you have a favorite funny moment? Yes. Also in the in the same singing in the rain scene, um, when when Don Lockwood like first comes on stage and he throws his staff off and it just having the sound there and it makes this like just hollow sound as it goes <laughs> off stage. You're just like Man, all of that artifice really is pretty dumb, isn't it? And uh, I, yeah, I think that it's both funny and like makes the point about like, oh yeah, there. When technological change happens, then you have to change the media to to fit that. So. All right, I do have a clip. So here we go. All this right. is my favorite joke. Well, next you gotta say something nice. Gideon, say something nice. Nice night for a coon hunt. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I just I don't know. It's not that funny, but I thought it was so funny. <laughs> I guess it's funny on several sure. levels. I mean, you don't say that. And also like say something nice. nice it's like not nice to say that. Like, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Key of D minor moment. Andy, what made you just cry? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know that I have one. I'll supply it for you. At the end of Singing in the Rain, when she's like, I can't believe you're humiliating me and you're making me sing for Lena, and now I'm like her slave, and I'll do it because I love you, but but we're through because you've used me. 
And it's sad. But then, you know, things work out. And then she doesn't get yeah. away. Then she doesn't get she, away. She, like, tries to get in the crowd is like, yeah, you're not going anywhere, lady. That's not my sad. You moment. belong to us yeah. and to Don Lockwood. <laughs> you belong to Don Lockwood and Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> John, what's your sad moment? My sad moment was in Seven Brides for Seven Brothers when – Adam is talking to one of his brothers, either Benjamin or Gideon or something. And, you know, they oh, were, they were like oh really no. morose because it's like, Oh, this, my girl is gone or something. And he says, you know, don't worry. One go- woman is good as the rest or whatever. And, and Millie really, is standing right behind him, which, and it's just confirmed that whatever spiritual prompting she had to marry this guy, uh, she was wrong. <laughs> Yeah, because he had just finished saying like this beautiful thing, right? Yeah. And she was like, "Oh, I'm I'm li- hearing my husband say something that's meaningful and it's deep." And then he's then he ends it with, "But also like it doesn't matter, right?" Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah, that was said. That's a good one. Not as mine's not as good. Yeah. So mine is just at the end of Annie, get your gun. Where Sitting Bull says, "Lose the contest, win a husband," mm. and yeah. yeah, similar similar vibes. Good parallel movies. These. Yeah. All right. What the heck, John? What the heck? Okay, well, I mentioned it before. Adam just waltzes into town and Millie says yes to just voluntary oh, oh. abduction. You mean like this? It'll be another five months before I get down again with my grain. You're going to keep me waiting all that five months just for your pride? I'd have to finish my chores. What? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> can you wait long enough for me to finish my chores <laughs> and, and that's like who she is like okay well i'm going to give my life up completely but first i'm going to finish my indentured servitude at this other place <laughs> yeah man uh and you have anything any what the heck moments i do in the in the barn raising scene where they're having the the dance off with the dandies mm. And they're they're jumping over the axe um, to see who can do it better, and then one of the brother brothers just like hawks the axe at a tree and like impales it there. And I'm like, that is really dangerous. Like, what are you doing? There are people here. That is not okay. Oh man, I suppose Annie Oakley. Like shooting up the town is also another thing. Kind of <laughs> also, yeah, yes, yeah, kind of like that. I, and all, I should mention also the surreal dance sequence in Singing in the Rain was also. I kind of wrote that down as WTA. Yeah, gotta dance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, let's see. Favorite quote. We're on to favorite quote. So, Andy, you have a favorite quote from one of these films? Uh, I do not. John, I'm going to play, play yours. Play mine. Hey, you playing left there? Hey, Okay, I almost picked that for my I favorite. I thought maybe joke. you would. I was going to ask you, actually. Yeah, uh, I love man. It's a great joke. Okay, yeah. all right. So here's here's my favorite quote. A man can sleep when he sleeps with she. Okay, that's okay. And you centers uh, weren't bothered by that. <laughs> you foreshadowed that like an hour ago. <laughs> I know. Like <laughs> this movie is about abductions and bestiality. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, favorite scene, Andy. Uh, I. Oh. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tie. I, I'm. 
I know that's terrible, but the but the good morning and the make them laugh scene. Mm-hmm. They're just okay. they're both just so good. Right. John, what about you? Okay, well it's gotta be the barn raising dance off, brothers versus dandies. There was yeah, the, it's pretty darn the good. stunts, the dancing and the stunts in in that barn raising sequence. Ridiculous. Crazy. So yeah. yeah. Let's do let let's do this and let's do one of our special words at the same time because they're kind of similar. Okay. So my favorite for best scene is is good morning. Okay. All right, and uh, let's see a big. So what I would say, like I I like the music and I like the stuff, but there's like a scene in Good Morning where they're dancing down the stairs, and I just don't understand how their legs are doing the weird thing that their legs are doing. It's mm-hmm. like they're floating down the stairs and it's just beautiful and it's just mesmerizing so and that also makes my favorite musical number but it's my, my honorable mention for favorite musical number is the barn raising oh, okay. dance which is just in, it's really really good it's incredible sure, uh, sure all very good what do you guys think favorite musical numbers for you two shoot well i guess uh i guess i didn't think about it yeah it's it's the barn raising is the is the best musical number i guess it's more of a dance number though yes so uh, no you're right i i I think I'm going to have to be, well, I mean, No Business Like Show Business is my favorite song. So I kind of am leaning. So I think musical number can incorporate the visual with the audio. Right, right. Okay, well, you know what? The Sob and Women is pretty good. Okay, well, very good. I don't know. Uh, There's a lot of good ones. You have a favorite musical number? Yeah, I'm going to stay with the same between Good Morning and uh, and Make Them Laugh had the, the, you know, it had the flip in it. Yeah. You know, the wall so it had the flips, flips and yeah. you're kind of like well, and the the walking on the floor and the, the chain just, smoking yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Chain> smoke. <laughs> all right andy from all these films your favorite actor debbie gibson um wow a debbie gibson um i mean i was gonna say debbie reynolds i think <laughs> oh but howard keel is so good just because we don't like the character doesn't Debbie mean the Reynolds. actor is not really good, right? Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. He's so magnetic, and I like. I strangely like this guy, even though he's reprehensible. Yeah, but I think I'm going to go with Debbie Reynolds. Okay, very good, John. What about you? I don't. I don't like that guy. I don't like Howard. Keenan. <laughs> uh, Keenan Wynn is right up there, but I'm going to have to go with um, Sid Charisse. The weird green goth girl in the surreal singing in the rain. Weird. Yeah, the leg. The leg. She was the leg. Yeah. She plays a leg. A leg. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Uh, nice. I'm glad we're spreading this around. I'm going to go with Jane Powell, who plays Millie in Seven Brides or Seven Brothers. She's all right. Honorable mention She's to Brad great. Morrow, uh, who plays little Jake Oakley, who teaches Annie how to read. Young oh yeah, and then then when uh, what's his head Frank comes in, he's like, "Thanks for teaching me how to read. I'm sure thick headed, Annie." <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. Special awards, dance off battle royale. If we had the dancing between these three films. I think you got some. I'll go ahead. You got some pretty fancy feet there in singing in the rain, but I think I'm giving this to the Seven Brides or Seven Brothers. Right. I think the volume and the overwhelmingness. I think they take the it. The axe work. They can, work. <laughs> they can dance with and, sharp things. Yeah. yeah. And and those boys fight dirty. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, and we've already seen them win a dance off. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, would would Cosmo and Don, like, you know, just 
fall flat if if they had to go up against those brothers. I see. I I think might be. We we have to view it like the dancing and singing in the rain provided what's his name like Lon and Debbie Reynolds to get together. But the dancing and seven brides yeah. seven brothers it caused such a stir of dance fever that six people got married because of the dancing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, last award. No, two more. Uh, most 50s of these. What do you guys think? Uh, singing in the Rain, because uh, 20s is kind of close to 50s. And it's so Hollywood. It's so ho- When I think of <laughs> 50s, I think of Hollywood. I think that's the big Hollywood year. What do you, what do you think, Andy? I think Seven Brides for uh, retrogressive sexual politics. Nice. Oh, wow. So I'm picking Annie Get Your Gun for like the total 1950s housewife mentality. Of, gunning. Yeah. Like give up your dreams so that you can okay. support your husband's ego, right? That's, that's so, very 50s, yeah. All yeah. right. And and the popularity of Westerns in the 50s. That's yeah. Very, yeah, that's yeah, very yeah. good. That's good. All yeah. right. Most musicy. Uh, what do you think, Andy? Oh, I mean, that's got to be singing in the rain. It's like a tribute to music and movies. Hmm. Well, John, what do you think? This is not the greatest award in the world. That is just a tribute, Andy. Uh, I, well, I'm going to go with Seven Brides for Seven Brothers uh, because uh, it's just nonstop singing and dancing it's, and. It's like cocaine-induced singing and dancing. <laughs> it doesn't end. It's like that's the only way you can keep warm in Oregon in the winter or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that movie so much. Okay, let's rank these stupid films. Okay. <laughs> you should know, by the way, that we have a really high Rotten Tomatoes average of 96%. Wow. And the one that drags it all down because Annie Get Your Gun and Singing in the Rain are both 100% fresh. Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, wow. the real clunker. 89%. 89% yep. for Seven Brides. Now, oddly, your IMDb ratings have Seven Brides for Seven Brothers in second place behind Singing in the Rain and Annie Get Your Gun in third mm. place. Interesting. Okay. So... Andy, thank you for being our guest. You're the best. What's your third favorite of these films? Um, there's not a lot of space between them, but Annie, get your gun. All right, John, what do you think? Well, I think I think it's going to be Annie, get your gun. I mean, how could it not be uh, Annie, get your gun? It's Annie, get your yeah. gun. And th- so this next part was really hard for me. Um because I really really like uh, Seven Brides or Seven Brothers, but it's my number 2. Okay. Which surprised me. Really? It surprised you? Yeah. Oh, okay. It surprised me. Yeah, I came into this not expecting to like singing. The, I, well, okay, that's my number one. Um, I really love Singing in the Rain. Like, what a delightful film. It's, and so, there you go. John, what's your number two? Well, you know what? I mean, I complained about Singing in the Rain, and I think it's a really great movie. And I have my very specific complaint, and I was actually set to do number one, but actually our conversation... I smiled more talking about Seven Brides for Seven Brothers than Singing in the Rain. So Singing in the Rain is my number two, and it, that's an audible. I wasn't planning on saying it. Wow. Yeah. Oh, very good. Wow. Uh, no, Seven Brides is my number two, and Singing in the Rain is my number one. It is it is just inarguably one of the best movie musicals of all time. You take that I back. I think these other two <laughs> – I think the, these other two are as well, and I, I don't know. It's – it's just, 
I like saying that uh, I like, uh, I heard someone say there, there are no perfect films, but this is about as close as you can get. So it's, it's good yeah. movie. It's really good. I really love it. Yay. Hey, we did fifties musicals and can I, can I say something? So 1950s musicals are pretty short as was this podcast. So it's a good thing we didn't do 1960s musicals because then we would be doing this podcast for four hours. See, and it's so. kind of funny. I I think when we nominated 50s musicals, I I think I was the one who nominated it so many years ago. And in my head, I thought the 50s was the big, big year for musicals. And I think it was. I think there were more musicals in the 50s, but I guess more famous ones were in the 60s, maybe. So I don't know if we do this again. Should we do 60s? Well, I mean, I, I so it, it's an interesting difference, right? As the '60s became more socially conscious and uh, and you know had more Julie Andrews in it. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, it'd be fun. Yeah. All right. I friend. think 21st century musicals is more interesting at this point. Really? Yeah. Like, mm. if you do things, if you do movie musicals since the year 2000, which we've done, I think, yeah. I think I just I think that's a more interesting crop because they're so varied and there's just a lot of a lot of weird ones. In it there. would be a good one to resurrect because we did do it. And can you remember the movies, John? We did Across the Universe, which I think was a mistake, even though I love the Beatles. We did Moulin we Rouge. We did Moulin Rouge, and we did Evan Hansen, which I think I liked more than anyone else. Yeah, um, yeah. And so it would be a fun one to resurrect because there's a lot of good films to choose from i thought it would have been would have been interesting to have uh listened to watch the musical sunshine on lathe okay. which is the <laughs> the proclaimers, the proclaimers musical yeah but is it is it pretty much a remake of that how i met your mother episode where um the single of i would walk 500 miles gets stuck in the tape deck and that's the only song that they ever hear like the whole time here's here's to hoping yeah. right <laughs> so but uh, no, I mean, it'd be fun to do 1960s musicals, but it, I mean, we'll see. I mean, it has to be proposed. So we got some future business. And uh, if you are one of those people who follows this podcast and you actually watch the movies, which uh, I don't know if that's anyone really, but we are podcasting again. What's today? Thursday? Yes. In yes. four days, five days. We're podcasting again in five days. Dang. So by the time you listen to this podcast, we're probably podcasting tomorrow. So. Right, so you won't get a chance to like stop us from doing that. <laughs> yeah, now we already posted on the Facebook page what the movies are going to be, and I'll change our like I'll change the top poster maybe tonight. Um, but well, should but, we play our conversation about getting those movies? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey, uh, we do not have them live because they're on the other side of the world, practically. But we did have a lovely conversation about a week or so ago. And that's how we're going to podcast. With- we're going to send us send emails, send MP3s back and forth to each other. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> anyway, uh, here's yeah. Phil and Mickey. Why don't you guys uh, take it away? All right, everybody. Well, it is time to discuss what movies we'll be watching next week. And we are joined tonight, as well as for the next two podcasts, with the highly esteemed Phil and Mickey. Thank you, you guys, for coming on. Hello. Thank you. Hi. Thanks. (laughs) Can't wait to talk to you guys again. So the thing here is, is you guys have to give us three movies you've never seen before. Mm. And so I'm excited to see what you guys have come up with. Okay, well, uh, yes, we haven't seen them. We think you will have done, as we just might have said in private chat. You have seen all the movies. <laughs> yeah, 
Yes. Uh, or at least the vast majority. Um, <laughs> and we have not seen all the movies. No. Um, although we did come to you hot foot from the cinema, actually. We've been doing something filmy today. Ooh. We went to see um, what was it called? Anatomy of a Fall. That is correct. Ooh. Ooh. It was good. It was good. It was really good. It was quite long. It was quite French. It was, yeah, very European. But but pretty good. Um, at least that's what we thought. Our 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 companion who went with us said it was incredibly tedious. <laughs> it's kind of like a did did someone do the murder or not mystery? And oh. I asked him afterwards. Do, so do you think she did it? And he said, I couldn't care less because it was so <laughs> tedious. <laughs> so have you seen La Ventura? No. Okay, so I think that's an Italian film where it also asks the same question: Was someone murdered or not? Mm. Ah, was mm. ah, well, yeah, no, yes. I was going to say someone was definitely murdered, but that they, they possibly weren't. It's a good film. It's a good film. It. Yeah, it did well at Cannes. Okay, ah, just this so last Cannes. Today, I just finished watching a movie that is equally highbrow. It's called Convoy, about truckers in the 1970s. I think so. I've heard the theme song. John has. He loves it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I suppose that's enough of films we have just seen. I want to know about films we haven't seen. Indeed. Uh, and I think, do you know what? We, we, you might be shocked. There are some films we haven't seen that are kind of classics mm. that uh, I think most people would have seen or expect people to have seen, and we haven't. And we think they're ones you haven't covered, at least. Okay. Although, am I right? Am I right in thinking your your list of films you've seen isn't text searchable, which is unfortunate? Oh, so I could have sent you just a link to our, uh, what do you call it? Um, spreadsheet. Our spreadsheet that would oh, have been text searchable, that would have been so my tremendously apologies. helpful, but um, <laughs> yeah. it gave Next me time. Next gave time. a chance to over those it's wonderful been, movie posters that you've curated so lovingly. They're lovely. <laughs> um, so mine, and this is probably the most obscure one, um, uh, and I think more cult classic than classic classic is the ninth configuration. Okay. Okay. Nine. Is that with an N or number? Uh, it's N. It's spelled awesome. out. And I which is a uh, it's a screen the screenplay, and I believe also directed by William Peter Blatty, who was the writer of the Exorcist. Sure, sure, and the oh, director okay. of Exorcist wow. Three, my favorite Exorcist book and film um but not director obviously yeah um so it's not horror um i understand but it is i think what's intrigued me about it is do you know the, the film critic mark kermode the british film critic mark kermode he's always going on about this film and how mm. great it is so i've heard it mentioned many times and although it's not a horror film it has something in in uh, in uh, in common with the exorcist which is it's also about faith, which is something Blatty apparently has a, a deep interest in as a good Catholic boy himself. So, mm, uh, so that was that was kind of my selection. I haven't seen um, it. All right, and it might be terrible. No, I've got high hopes. I think it's going to be good. <laughs> I'm hoping someone was possessed, but maybe wasn't possessed. So, yeah, normal then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, okay. So. Um, Mickey, Mickey then had a thought. So, well, I had lots of well, thoughts, didn't Mickey I? Because there's lots yeah. of films I haven't seen that loads of people uh, I know have seen. Like Seven. I've never seen Seven. Um, Is that it? 
That's a good pick. I've never seen uh, The Truman Show. We've already got one with a number in, so we can't do so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although we could do... Oh, we should have thought of, that could have been a theme. Thematically, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so um, we've gone with... Uh, no, uh, there's many others. Uh, Brokeback Mountain was another one I haven't seen. Yeah. But uh, we've gone with One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which sure. I really oh. want to see in my lifetime. Okay. Okay. So I think in in America, in high school, if you're taking high school psychology, you have to watch it. Mm. Um, but it's an excellent film. Good. So we're here. Um, and that is like a class classic. You, you, you guys must have seen that a thousand times, I'm guessing. I think I've seen it once, John. Once, okay. once just once. Ah, All right. Nice. Well, awesome. All right, can't wait for number three. Number three is... Uh, one that I've heard a lot about. I think of the three films, it's going to be the most easygoing and pleasant to watch. Yeah. And another one where I think there might be an audible gasp um, that we haven't seen it before, which is The Princess Bride. Wow. Oh, my goodness. That was un- I, did, I was unable to control my audible gasp. <laughs> <laughs> Um, which, yeah, I know is is shameful and wrong that we've yeah, never seen it. And but, uh, everyone, yeah, everyone's always talking about Princess Bride, and like in such it, in effusive, enthusiastic yeah. terms. Yeah, Every, it's like everyone's favorite childhood movie. But doesn't that, they that remember. just make you not want to watch it? In a way, I'm, yes. But enough people have said it for long enough that at least now yeah. I'll be able to know and tell them to yeah. shut up if it's actually not that good. Yeah, the, the magic could be gone. Who knows? I, I don't know what that meant, John. Uh, <laughs> I, I will say I'm a little nervous, Phil and Mickey, uh, because, when, man, when like when you haven't seen a movie that's been out for a long time and everyone hypes it up, it's so, mm. I don't know, I'm nervous for you to say, yeah, it was okay. Um, I do I really mean, like that you film. You kind of have to see it as a kid. But uh, I don't know. Someone once told me that, uh, what was that dumb movie? Um, the Big Lebowski. Someone once told me The Big Lebowski is the greatest movie ever, and I watched it, and I was like, eh, it was okay. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I haven't seen that. You have oh, to watch Big Lebowski be. seven times for it. No, it's just, it's, just, it's just okay. Don't worry about it. It is just okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think, I think enough people with, with enough people with enough good taste have told me Princess Bride is, is a classic that, that I'm, I'm not afraid. I'm not nervous. I'm confident. It's a lovely film. And even if it's not, I'm going to pretend now. I've decided. <laughs> it's, it's just not worth the social embarrassment of admitting you didn't like The Princess Bride. I think at this point... <laughs> <laughs> You've got to go along with it. Very true. Well, this is a fascinating collection of movies. I'm really excited. Hey, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest has also got a number in it. Oh, maybe we <laughs> oh, should have goodness. gone for seven. Dang it. It's too bad too it's late. not called too late. Too late. The too late. One Princess Bride. Yep. Yes, indeed. <laughs> or possibly two. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Phil and Mickey. Hey, you guys, good night and can't wait to watch these movies and talk to you soon. Indeed. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. And uh, awesome. And that was it. Ah. So you guys all know that because you all do Facebook, right? But that was yeah. our conversation that we had. So um, uh, recapping. Yeah, recapping. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, uh, which I'm halfway through, The Ninth Configuration, and The Princess Bride. I cannot believe they have never seen The Princess Bride. Um, so that'll be fun yeah. to watch. I, it's going to be fun. I'm wondering if, because it's American fantasy whimsy, I'm wondering if their Britishness will. <laughs> cancel like the, they'll be like oh you americans you're trying to do this like like sword fantasy thing yeah you know, 
you know, in Europe, we've been doing this for hundreds of years, like hundreds of years longer than you've ever been existing. So you think it'll be a contentious podcast? I don't, I don't think it'll be contentious. I'm just, I'm wondering, you know, because, you know, they haven't seen Princess Bride and it's very, it's, it's just, it's very American and it's very whimsical and it's very, you know, it's magical as a child, you know, yeah. is, you know, cause we all saw it when we were kids and I'm just wondering if it's going to work quite the same way if, or, or if, you know, they miss the boat. Yeah. Who knows? Well, and I'm always curious when you have these things like princess bride or star Wars or Lord of the Rings, it's like, if you haven't seen it, how much of it have you absorbed through just like general cultural osmosis? Yeah. yeah. And like, what like what worked for you and what didn't like because of that so yeah i think it's just a cool social experiment because it's like how often do you find someone who's like i've never seen the princess bride but i know every line huh. like it's possible yeah, like, uh, yeah. There, there was uh I, I i can't remember i think it was in a Clostermon book i read where like someone in like some girl in their office at the magazine had never seen star wars so like yeah i've never seen star wars and I'm like really you have to watch it and then and they started asking her questions about star wars and she knew every single answer like right. you know she knew who chewbacca was she knew princess leia she knew the you know the father-son twist like everything she knew every single thing about star wars she just never saw star wars never saw. that might be you know what's happening with with Princess Bride, but then on the other hand, you know we got two movies that. Uh, Roy, do you know anything about the ninth configuration? I don't know anything about it, and I haven't seen one for the Cuckoo's Nest since high school psychology. But uh, same, it's, yeah, that's also where I watched it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> Mr. Strong, right? Yeah, we, yeah, we all found yeah. Mr. Strong. He just somehow found an edited version because that's a it's profane. That's, that's profane. That's a profane film. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's crazy, um, but yeah, well. The ninth configuration is very interestingly paired with One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, um, kind of in a crazy way. It's almost like it. I would say it's almost like watching the, um, you know, the uh, uh, the Olivia, Olivia Hussey Romeo and Juliet movie. You know, uh, who's oh, yeah. that guy? You know, from the '60s, and then watching Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, uh, fun movies. Anyway, yeah, we, we're already watching them. So yeah, what we just talked about is half of the podcast you'll hear next time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so what you should know is after that podcast uh, or after this podcast, like traditionally I would then be putting out a poll so we can get some movies going for their, what do you call it, their uh, community service. Community so service. this is where I would advise you guys that the category that is coming up is famous movie duos. But uh, the poll's already running because we have to have a movie picked in three or four days. So please go to Facebook, uh, vote. And uh, here's just my, uh, this is as confrontational as I'm going to get because I don't know how many people actually listen to this. But um, Lethal Weapon is really close to the top, but we've also come to the consensus that it totally doesn't count. Nope. Because uh, we're looking for like two people who act in a lot of movies together where those movies aren't sequels. Because, of course, you act together in sequels. But it has to be like, hey, I'm dying to see a Bob Hope and Bill and Bing Crosby movie, right? So, um, yeah. But it did anyway. give us a good idea for a new category, which is a sequel where they recasted the original person. <laughs> anyway, go vote. Uh, don't vote, don't for- vote for Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon. We should do. We definitely need to do Lethal Weapon uh, at another time. 
Um, I mean, buddy cop movies we still haven't done, so we'll figure it out. Uh, anyway, the other new thing is we don't have categories to talk about as far as choosing new categories because Christmas is upon us. Christmas! Yeah. So in next week, after John posts our podcast with Phil and Mickey, uh, we will be doing our poll for Christmas movies. And can I say there's a few new movies that kind of have me a little bit excited. It looks like The Holdovers is supposed to be really good. Oh, I don't know that. With Paul Giamatti? Yeah, of course. And uh, I'm also kind of dying to see It's a Wonderful Knife. Great title, yeah. Great title. So so not the Eli Roth Thanksgiving movie? (laughs) That that is That's not on your holiday list? No. I I guess it's not a Christmas movie. It's just a holiday movie. I I kind of feel like... You know, a lot of people don't like how the Christmas season like absorbs Thanksgiving and everything, but I think it works so well as Thanksgiving is like a part of Christmas. Like you start Christmas by having Thanksgiving, you know. So we totally do that in our home, and I because we've never chosen this movie, which is a little bit of a surprise. Because I always try to sneak in. I, I like to have. Well, I don't get a sneak in anything. You know how the Christmas poll works. You guys vote. For whatever you it's want, it's the you. highest vote getters, right? It's up to you. But I mean, uh, Miracle on 34th Street—that's a pretty big classic. We haven't done it yet, but so Thanksgiving night, after we have digested our food, we turn on Miracle on 34th Street, and that is our transition hmm. movie. That is uh, Thanksgiving has happened. It was wonderful, and it's Christmas time because the movie starts right. at Thanksgiving. You know. So also, we've never watched the original Gremlins for Christmas. <laughs> oh, that's true. You guys watched Gremlins too. Watched Gremlins not too. Gremlins. I was lost. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> follow it all. <laughs> all right, folks. Hey, thanks so much for listening. Uh, I really can I be honest. I really enjoyed watching these movies. I'm so glad we finally did 50s musicals. Yeah. It was it was a really good time. Andy, I am so glad you got to join us this year. You stepped aside so other people could uh, be guests on our show, but we got you two times anyway. Yeah. So yeah. you joined us with Flinders, and now uh, you 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 subbed in for us, and we appreciate it. Yeah. So next year, I'm like Al Pacino in Godfather Three. <laughs> Every time I think I'm out, you keep pulling me back in. <laughs> yep. All right. Next year, yep. I insist you be a formal guest so that you can do your birth year movies, which Ooh. is I think what you're on. Right? Is that where you're at? There are gonna be some doozies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. The you most be- Andy movie that ever Andy really? came out in uh, August of 1988. Yes. Really? Okay. I, yep. I bet I can yep, guess yep, what yep. it is. Hmm. I'll be thinking about it. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Anyway, let me just quickly say uh, on the In Memoriam podcast, we just finished talking about Burt Young. And that was Andy was on the podcast with us as well as JB and, of course, Josh. And if I ever get around to editing it, that'll get published. But no rest for the weary. We are talking about Richard Roundtree Shaft himself on monday and john i keep inviting you i don't know if shaft is your thing maybe taft is your thing but um, uh yeah no katie and i watched shaft like last year just for fun okay uh, well if you guys want to yeah. jump on and talk about shaft and steel maybe okay anyway and then we'll be talking about matthew perry who sadly passed away recently too uh, so matthew perry died uh, i guess it matthew wasn't. perry died and we're going to talk about fool's russian first which I've friend falls yeah, Andy. It's a, fun, it's a cute movie. Yeah. You've got a fantastic podcast. Tell us about it. Oh sure, uh, kiss your franchise goodbye. We talk about movie podcasts. We just got done with the Scream franchise, and we are gonna 
take a little side trip. Um, we're going to watch Bull Durham f- because we let our podcasters pick a non-franchise movie on their birthday. So Melissa's picking Bull Durham. And then we are going to do a trio of non-traditional Christmas movies. And then we're going to finish the holidays with um, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan movies, which by the way, that's your template for uh, duos is Hanks, Ryan or Lamont Lockwood. You know, yeah. that not not Glover and <laughs> canceled Gibson. So, yeah, anyway. Nice. Uh, go vote for Joe, Joe versus the Volcano, and then you guys will podcast about it, and we'll podcast about it, and everybody will drink orange soda and jump into the big woo together. Nice, nice. <laughs> now, yeah. okay, just a quick question. The the vibe of your pod, are, are, you, are you Joe versus the Volcano fans? Because I think it's kind of a divisive one. Like, <laughs> yes. Okay. We... We all weirdly love Joe versus the volcano. Yeah, it's it's one of my. We talk about it favorite. constantly. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I, I kind of thought that would be the case, and that, that's the, that's what we probably are going to be talking about over here, which is kind of weird how that sometimes works out slash doesn't work out. Um, <laughs> but okay, no, I I thought so. It's it's kind of a unique movie because a lot of people love it. It's like one of those movies where you know a lot of people who hate it and you can't say, what? I can't believe you hate that movie. No, you kind of get why they hate it because it's weird. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's like it, it is a weird yeah. movie. Yeah, It's a very so. weird movie. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think maybe those people, I, I know they can watch the movie, but can they get the movie? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not arguing that. <laughs> I'm not arguing that. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Okay, folks, it's been a blast, yes. and we will talk to you again real soon. Andy, thanks so much. Thanks, You're Andy. Yep. Good yeah. to have you. Thanks for having me. Mm, hey, by the way, in a couple weeks, I'm going to go skiing for the first time in 30 years, and uh, I oh, just wow. feel like we should uh, make a bet on which bone I'm going to break. <laughs> I, I went skiing for the, f- like, actually, oh, I guess it was two winters ago. Because um, uh, Katie gets free passes, right? Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I went for the first time in a long time. And I was amazed at how quickly it came back. And I was, like, yeah. I was able to, like, do all this impressive stuff. Because, you know, she's a girl and she skis really slow. <laughs> um, and And so I was like doing crazy stuff, not crazy stuff, but I was like kind of going kind of fast and I was like swishing next to her and everything. But by 1 PM, my, I just fell over. I'm like, I can't move. I can't do anymore. (laughs) Your thighs were just done. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.